For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure you select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes every Thursday. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 131. Yes, and we have a very fleshy crew tonight. Yeah, you can see here. Fleshy? <laughs> fleshy? Oh, yeah. fleshy? Not skeleton. I was not sure what that meant. Yeah, well, I'm not a skeleton crew, so we've... I think I can't remember if it was Brom or Jamie or whatever. They're like, it's a fleshy crew. I was like... Yep. And Jamie called it a flashlight crew. Interesting. I don't think I did. Not yeah. a sponsor yet. I'm sure you right? did. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yet. We're still waiting on those in the mail, aren't we, guys? We need to do a uh, I think they sent they sent one out. We're supposed to pass it around. Oh. <laughs> we need to do more episodes a la episode 69, and we might be able to get a sponsorship. Oh, okay. It's true. Yeah. Well... Good Lord. Uh, anyways, we have a semi-familiar face. You may have heard his sexy voice on the Star Wars Episode 1 episode. Nick is back with us tonight. It's well, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, fellas. We know you're excited about this. I'm you, very excited. You've asked me about this movie honestly, uh, a long time ago. So. I think it was probably right when you told me you were starting a submarine podcast. I was like, let me know when you get to Atlantis Lost Empire. Look at that. He just spoiled it, guys. He just said what it was. Oh, my God. Son of a bitch. He did. We are jumping into a brand new movie month, the animated movie cycle. So we've done anime, you know, dedicated to the Japanese anime styling. But we are doing a uh, more open-ended animated movie month with four very unique animated films. And uh, it's going to be fun. Very special. Um. Kid friendly, right? Yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, the, the movies are. But I don't know if it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. but uh, this movie had this movie had some stuff. Guys. I'm hey. hoping Jamie brings out some it of those pretty things. intense. Yeah, there was some stuff. Pretty yeah. intense. We'll talk about some of that stuff as we get into it. But uh, yeah, I mean, is this this is not our first Disney movie. No, it's not because we did uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Were there any other Disney movies we did? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Disney owns 20th Century Fox now, so probably. What about Mr. Limpet? Is that Disney? Oh, Ooh. I don't think so. I, don't <laughs> I like how Zach so. just popped back up from yeah, Oscar. Zach, Zach, like, like, perked dude, up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Limpet? You know how much I like Limpet. You know how much I like Limpet. I'm sure it's probably a touchstone. You guys probably done a touchstone one at some point, though. That was Disney's adult studio. Oh, adult film studio. Yes, uh, it looks like they were potentially trying to branch into that with this movie in some segments, but um, we can talk about that later. This is a good animated film. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's you ready? You ready? Yeah. Anybody got anything super important they need to say? I mean... Uh, Sorry, that came, well, off, this... that came off as really standoffish. <laughs> <laughs> That was very aggressive. Okay, we, got, we got Nick guest hosting tonight, but we will, as part of the cycle... Be having our first female co-host uh, to add a little bit of a female voice. People have asked for it. They said, we need a female voice on this podcast. We're Good for you guys. 
And sure, it is a long, long time coming. You'd think we're getting it tonight. Yes, we are. Oh, we are tonight. Yes. Oh, yeah. We have a special guest later tonight. So we got two female hosts queued up. That's unprecedented. It's wild. And Zach is dawning. Zach, put your tiara back on. He's got. Oh man. He's got the Maybe submersion Maybe you send logo. me a better quality product, Kyle. Hey, look yeah, at your I, boy to your right who made that, okay? I don't podcasting. think... Maybe your left? Jamie podcasting. <laughs> yeah. podcasting. Well, the podcasters are going to love our segment, too. Uh, we have something super excited. Nick has... He had an idea. He's like, I want to do this. Look at you. You look like... Who are you? Who are you, Zach? Uh, he had an idea for a segment and i was like let's why don't we turn it into a game and he said go for it so we got that coming up later should be pretty fun should be pretty exciting i'm super pumped for it but anyways this is a podcast about submarine movies so maybe we should just uh dive 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 What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. Lump it. Oh my God. Yeah, right. that's actually what it needs to be. <laughs> that is a good idea. So you, you probably couldn't hear us. We were just talking during the intro, but uh, Zach's not happy that his face is not on the submarine. He said, Kyle, you got aggressive with me earlier in the episode already, and my face isn't on the submarine, and you got to put me on the submarine. If you want to be on the periscope, you be a shark. And then Nick said, limp it. It's like, Wow. I'm out. Nick's in, Genius. dude. Just get this get this going. This is this is the episode where I step down and Nick is now me. And we need to keep you on for all the audiovisual issues because I'm worthless. Well, I clearly wasn't much help and I look white as a ghost, so is what it is. But Nick, you were very excited for this. I am. What did we I was. Everybody knows already, and I just I have to do it because we've done it for 131 episodes now. What did we get to watch this week? Atlantis, The Lost Empire, presented by Disney. And may I ask a quick question before we get into anything further? Are you a Disney everything fan, or are you like a specifically Atlantis, Lost Empire fan? I'm a pretty big Disney everything fan. Um, I mean, the movies especially, obviously. I mean, I think we were pretty lucky that, you know, we grew up during the what's known as the Disney Renaissance. You know, it's when the Disney animated movies got good again. Um, and then other than that, my family were real big on Disney parks. So I've I've been to Disney World more times than I can count. I do some Disney travel agent work on the side. So I'm, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty committed, I would say, at this point. And the second follow up question. Yes. Uh, have you seen the sequel to this movie and does it also have a submarine in it? <laughs> It does. It does okay, have. Well, there we go. I'll write it down. It also has a kraken. What? I know. I saw that in the. I could yeah. tell from the Wikipedia page whether there's yeah. a submarine. I could tell there's a kraken since it's a. Yeah, yeah. The, the the sequel is pretty terrible. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll wait on the trivia. We'll wait to the trivia. Yeah, it's going to be good though for uh, for season. What would it be? 40, 
40 something at this point would be cracking uh, crack, crack cast. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That'd be a good. I guess pretty good. I mean, it's got a few few nice uh, movies in there for cracking. Actually, I think I have. Oh, there we oh, go. Cracking. Going to release well, I mean, the cracking. That would be a sponsor. Not yet a sponsor, I guess. Not yet. But season forty, when we're all like in a retirement home watching cracking movies, and remember what the heck we just watched? Yeah, NVR. Yeah, we are the cracking. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- huge. Uh, maybe not huge cast. I mean, it's a huge cast, but like main characters, we got Michael J. Fox is our main boy, Milo, and uh, other people as well. James Garner. <laughs> we, know, we know we do know James Garner. James Garner, James Garner man. Garner, yep. Phil yeah. Morris. Phil Morris. Jim Barney. Yep. Leonard Nimoy. John Mahoney. Jim I Barney was, was very. You could really. I knew Jim it. Barney's last role actually before he passed away. Right before he died. Yeah, it was released just before he died. How many? Or was he? So was he not in Toy Story three? No, that was. Uh, the, I, can't, I can't remember the guy's name. The guy is, is he in those Adam Sandler movies though? It's like that. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was Sean's dad on uh, Boy Meets World. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah oh, okay, that yeah. guy. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he replaced Jim Barney. They they were good friends apparently. They've got a super similar voice. They do. Uh yeah, I so, love Jim Barney. I know, man. The only other thing, it's just oh, like sorry, just Ernest Scared Stupid. You remember that one? I that was my favorite Ernest movie. Is Scared Stupid? That yeah. is the best one. It's kind of like scary, but it's just so good. I remember when I was a child, and my parents opened up the newspaper and they said, "Oh, look, a new Ernest movie's coming out." And then they paused, and then in the Sydney Daily News, it said. Ernest goes to heaven. Seriously? It was, it was his obituary. Seriously, yeah. they did that? But that's what they titled the article. And I, like, they, like that happened. Like, that's so. And I literally man, thought that was awful. He was coming out with a movie. And then all was like, oh, wait, no, he's actually dead. And Zach, the movies you've been watching for the last 10 years of your life, he's, the, he's gone. So that was a sad moment for me. I imagine, I imagine Doug looking and like smirking at you, being like, yeah. Bastard! I, I wonder if I even remember that moment. I yeah. do. It's funny. What season is Ernest cast? Ernest cast. Let's, let's bump that up to the earlier ones. Early ones. <laughs> Next season. Here we go. Not doing trains. We're doing Ernest cast. Can't wait I'm, to watch. I'm looking forward to train cast, though. Not going to even lie. Hey, train cast is going to be the stuff of legends. That's all I got to say. Yeah, train cast, train be cast needs to happen sooner than later. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I wanted. I really wanted to be Extreme Excursion, the third or the Extreme Sports. That would be a good one. It seems to be third. We need the train. Because what you see, you got that anyway. movie. All right. Anyways, let's let's get yeah. into this, Jamie. I'm gonna start your timer right uh, now. Yeah. The only other thing to mention is that Joss Whedon was a a, a store on the story for this. <laughs> that was the only thing. The other other thing that caught my eye. Anyways, we open, and it's the craziest opening that I can remember for a Disney film. Where we are just like have all kinds of there's like an explosion in the background looks like an atomic bomb all kinds of robots that fly, flying at you, a tidal wave is coming they're flying to the city, people are dying uh, left and right they're like oh yeah. run for shelter run for shelter and the, things are exploding all these like people you know poor Atlanteans are getting smashed to smithereens by a tidal wave and they all run in to where there's like a a barrier coming up and. A little girl is holding on to a, her mom's hand, and the, the mom kind of turns over, got glowy eyes, and flies up into the Dude, sky with this kind on. of like a crystal, like light thing. 
before, uh, before that even happens, the best thing, and I think you just like glazed over it. It was ridiculous, right? So she's running, and the little girl has the bear in her hand, and she drops it. And, like, she wants to go back for it. And the mom, like, stops to take this really long pause and, like, grabs her. She's like, there's no time to go back for it. I'm like, you literally just could have grabbed it. <laughs> like, there I was so that. much time. I'd never, I'd never noticed that before. And I was like, what? She, like, she, like, got down on her knees and, like, held her there. I know. It's like, dude. <laughs> I thought I got the moment when I was watching that beginning. Because you're right, Jamie. It was crazy. Yeah. But I got a feeling of the red eye of Sauron. Right, mm -hmm. that thing was just shooting out. It's like that's Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and flying sharks it was awesome. And they're speaking a different language. They are, yeah. And it's so, just, yeah, which is kind of weird for little kids having to try to like read subtitles and shit. But <laughs> trying to read. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they have the whole dome come up. Tidal wave washes over them. Atlantis is gone, and then. We jump forward what we're told later to be, what, 8,800 years later or something? I think so. Uh, it starts to, in like 360 BC or whatever is what I have in my notes. Then it's what, 1914 or something like that? Yeah, it's or? 1914. Uh, Milo Thatch, our hero, he's working as a linguist at the Smithsonian Institution in uh, Washington, D.C., and he's giving a presentation. He's saying, and this is. From a from like a lingui linguistics point of view, probably the funniest scene in the movie because he's like, <laughs> "Oh, I found all this shit, and I've got the, I know exactly where Atlantis is." And they originally said it was in Ireland, but guess what? I retranslated it, and it actually got a they got a letter wrong. It's actually not Ireland; it's Iceland, which is not really how language works. <laughs> no, <laughs> how they weren't calling it Ireland or Iceland and spelled out in English, where they were just like replacing each letter. In like, three sixty BC, they weren't doing that. No, they weren't. That wasn't actually really? what was happening. So it was just like it was a funny scene where it's like, oh my god, no wonder they no one wants to fund this expedition based on gobbledygook. But uh, <laughs> he gets a call and basically he's like, oh okay, like you, you need something. And he, it kind of revealed that he's not talking to anyone. He's talking to a bunch of props in his like basement office. Uh, he works in the boiler room. He like helps keep the uh, institution like running or whatever. Um, but then yeah, at the same time, he gets like a letter and it says basically like, oh by the way, your meeting was moved up to 3.30 and he looks at the clock and he's basically like missed it and then he's get the he gets another letter that says sorry you couldn't make it and he's like oh shit and he runs and he tries to like get up to the the meeting and all the people are like ha ha like thank god we have to listen to Milo right and they're like and then all of a sudden they see Milo and like oh how'd they find how'd they find me and they like all run away except for the one guy main guy uh, and Milo's like you gotta fund my trip man like I gotta, I gotta have all the evidence and he's like just do you know? Do your boiler room stuff. You have a job. You have whatever. Just do it, and like, don't even like worry about it. Don't go off on like fairy tales and and fables, man. There's a line in there that I didn't notice before too. Like when all the people are like making fun of Milo, and the one guy's like, "If I have to hear the word Atlantis again, I'm gonna st step in front of a bus." <laughs> He's like, "I'm gonna push you." Yeah, I'll push you. I was like, "Jesus, dude, they uh." They're, they're, like, they're cutting there. loose, man. This is early 2000s, dude. They don't care. Let it fly. 2001. Yeah. Pre-9... Shit. Pre-9-11. Yeah. It's true. And so then Milo goes home. He's all dejected. He's like, what am I going to do? Am I just going to be in the boiler room all the time? And there is tall, blonde woman in his house. And he's like, what? Dude. And she's like, come with me. Absolute smoke show. Just like... Yeah. How'd you get in here? 
He's like, I'm not going to ask too many questions because she wants me to go do something. Right. So she takes him to uh, Preston Whitmore. He's a millionaire. And, and Whit Whitmore knew his grandfather, who was like almost like a father to Milo. And, and what is the reason why he's like obsessed with this whole thing in the first place. And basically says, oh, by the way, you didn't even know this, but your grandfather found the thing that you're claiming that you, you don't want to find. He already found it. Shepherd's journal. It's right here. And he's like, whoa. And, and Milo's like, uh, this is like the key. I can find Atlantis. And he's like, no one can read it. And Milo's like, um, I can. Yeah. Ever heard you of know it? it's actually in Iceland, bro? Yeah. And so he's flipping through. He's telling all this stuff. And eventually, uh, Whitmore kind of reveals, oh, well, we just, this is kind of like a test. Like, we just need to make sure that you were like in it to win it. You could do it. And we're going to now use my specialized submarine that I built just for you to go and find Atlantis. And Milo's like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. And and he's also, and then there was a small moment of, it's always funny in these older Disney films to find moments that are probably a little off key that wouldn't fly anymore in the thing. Basically part of it also that Whitmore like bet that his grandfather couldn't find the shepherd's journal. And the bet was that he would kiss him full in the mouth. And then there's a picture of him, them both looking like super disgusted after having happy to kiss after he lost the bet. And I'm like, hey, Dude, huh. that was kind of, funny. why do we need that? Cause why not, man? They gotta, they gotta throw that in. And like, don't you think Milo's grandpa would have, like, told him? Rather than have his grandson dedicate his life to just trying to find Iceland rather than Ireland. But he's like, no, nah, dude. That guy's got to earn his stripes or something. I don't get it. I don't know. I think the idea was maybe that he died and then wasn't able to fulfill going to Atlantis. But he didn't but he tell Milo? Like, Milo been, like, maybe he's like, maybe Milo's like a little kid. I don't know. I don't know how old Milo is when his grandfather died. Yeah, the timeline's a little iffy. Had to have been five. Yeah, he's at least five, okay. if not he's six. Five. He can't comprehend it. Right. My grandpa loves some underwater civilization thing. People are like, dude, shut up. And he's like, I'm going to dedicate yeah. my life to it when I live in a boiler room. I, like, okay. I had a substitute teacher in high school that told me that trees talk to each other. Dude. Let's, after we talk, you should <laughs> I'm not even just, joking. No, I know. After, after we do the movie thing, you should just talk about that because that story is. <laughs> Insane! It is so we'll good. Just call it, we'll, we'll call him Mr. B without giving his real name. Just there Mr. we go. <laughs> so, anyways, so you're cutting you're cutting into my time. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is good Expedition stuff. Though, We're introduced to all kinds of characters, a whole cast of characters. We got Rourke. He's the bad guy, obviously. We got Vinny. He's a demolitions expert. And he's all like, "Hey, what's up? I got like a dynamite." And then Mole. He's a geologist, and he's a total weirdo. And I, uh, you know, it just seems almost like. A cartoon character, which I guess is appropriate for a cartoon. Doctor Sweet, he's a medical officer. He's big and built, and then he's like super strong. And then Audrey's a mechanic. She's a mechanic. She's like a teenager uh, mechanic. Uh, Mrs. Packard, she's like a super old lady. It was on like the original um, stuff. She's a radio operator. And then Cookie is like our classic cook. Like I actually kind of enjoyed that the, despite being kind of a, a short uh, submarine movie, as you'll see. They did get key in on all the main characters that you want for a submarine movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. I also enjoyed the fact that Packard smoked the entire movie. Yeah, she oh, smoked the whole bunch. She sounded like she smoked the whole time. Constant. And did you guys also did Did you guys notice this with Audrey? Oh. Did she only have like a tooth? Just like one big know. tooth. The animation on this was very different than what I re you know remember for a lot of Disney mm -hmm. films. So animation, her, I mean, she, yeah. 
She almost seemed like a, like anime. Like the, her her uh, features seemed mm-hmm. more anime than a Disney film. So it's hard I wrote to down a lot of stuff about the animation just because it's like it was so unique. Yeah, <laughs> super unique. <laughs> so, anyways, they 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 start off and and one kind of fault of this movie, not to jump ahead to reviews or anything like that, but they don't really take a lot of time to develop what's going on because they launch on the submarine and it's basically like, hey, here's all these people. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, Milo, tell us what's going on. And Milo's basically like. Oh, there's like a Leviathan, maybe, and everyone's like, "Shut up, Milo. We don't even care." And then they're like, "What's up ahead?" And they're all of a sudden like basically cruising towards Atlantis, like, "Oh, if I'm looking for a crevice." And then this is a Leviathan, like, "Oh shit, the Leviathan that Milo was just talking about five minutes after we launched this uh, submarine." <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh no, like we should definitely go after this Leviathan." And they have a big battle, and the Leviathan like uh, grabs onto them. It's like a big lobster machine. That's uh, a robot. And then they they are getting crushed. It's like shooting laser beams at them. And they have to launch all these submarines, little submarines off, filled with people. And people are just dying, again, dying everywhere. And they even talk about it. They're like, we had like a crew of 200, and basically like no one's left. Everyone was murdered by a giant lobster robot. But they're all, you know, they're all NPCs. You don't even know who these people are. Of course, the guys. Some of them don't even have faces. They just have them in like gas masks. Yeah, those mask guys, like, totally, like, you know, this play a video game, you're like, those are bad guys. Like, we're yeah, going right. <laughs> to we're gonna kill those guys at some point tonight. <laughs> yeah. So, Milo's able to get them into this into this cavern. He kind of says it's like a sink where you kind of come up. And so now that's the end of the submarines. They jump out of the submarines, and they've got all their uh, kind of machines to dig holes and stuff like that. And it's moles time to shine, demolition guys time to shine. And we get into what is more or less just a montage of them working through the cab, working through the cabin, becoming best of friends. And they're like left and right, becoming bestie friends with each other. Uh, slowly, everyone's kind of accepting Milo, who is every night he's like researching, researching, trying to figure out the best way um, to get them to where they need to go. And they're like, why do you, why do you study so much? And they're like getting to know each other. Milo's like, oh, my grandfather, what about you? And everyone's like, I own the flower shop. And like the teenage girl's like, I, my dad wanted a boy and I became like a mechanic. And um, Mole is like, I'm like a weirdo. I don't know. Uh, no one, no one has any backstory for Mole. Uh, no, they wanna... did, but they didn't want to know it. Or, right. No one <laughs> Sweet knew it and he's like, you don't want to know. And I was like, <laughs> I, I like that, right? Because it's just yeah. like, You shouldn't have told me. I wish you hadn't. I'm <laughs> right. telling you, you don't want to know. <laughs> and so, yeah. And then at one point, so they get up to this part where they're like, oh, I feel, we feel like we're getting pretty close. There's like a little like bridge over to somewhere else. And the whole time they're getting followed by uh, some people in masks and stuff like that. So they go to sleep and the people in masks go up and see, you know, some of the stuff in camp. And you can tell that they're like intrigued by Milo in particular. Um, and But then these fireflies come down and light everything on fire. And they're tr- they have to try to run away from all this, like ex- these explosions from these fireflies. And as they're trying to get away, the bridge collapses and they fall into uh, like a you know super duper duper deep hole, which turns out to be uh, like a volcano or whatever. Yeah, volcanic vent with like yeah. magma blocking it, and they could blow it open. They think they could blow it open and escape, but I'm like, wouldn't that release the magma? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, geologist, we'll, I guess so I don't know. I guess we'll see because that may ha- may or may not happen oh, at the end no, of this movie. Oh no way! And so then they, Milo, he sees the person, the, the people who've been following, and starts following after them, being like, "Oh, what? what who, who are these people?" And they're all following, and they all get trailed out to where they find Atlantis. There it is, sitting across the lava, with like a little path there, and the Atlanteans are there. And they're basically start to start to talk, and Milo can understand. And they're like, "Holy shit, you can understand us!" 
And Milo's like, uh, yeah, how about, can you understand this? And they speak French and they know that. They speak English. They start to know that. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're super linguists and they know all the languages. And they're like, come on, let's go to Atlantis. You're like, you're the key. Dude, Did one... you notice? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what are you saying, Nick? No, Jim, uh, Jim, the late, great Jim Varney as Cookie had a wonderful line when they first, I, I can't remember if it's when he first sees Atlantis or when he first sees the Atlanteans, but it's a line that I never noticed until I watched it last night. And it's a line they probably wouldn't include nowadays. Because he's supposed to be like this, you know, West, Southwestern, you know, cowboy cook. And he looks at these people and he says, sweet mother of Jefferson Davis. I know, yeah. Again, another thing that <laughs> and it fly. killed me. I don't know why. It just it was it's just the strangest curse. I'm sorry. I could, I just had to bring that up because that killed me last night. Dude, did anybody else notice? I didn't catch that. That's that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> when they um Davis in there. When they were like looking at Atlantis, when they found it and they're like, holy shit, there's Atlantis, and they're like standing on a cliff looking at it, like the camera panned away and there was nothing behind them. You couldn't even see like the big digging machine, but then you look back and there's this like 300 foot wall cliff right behind them, and the digging machine is right there. Anybody else notice that, or just mm -mm. no? You guys no. Were <laughs> hung up on Jefferson Davis, and I'm just sitting there like, "Where's the where'd the cliff go, bro? Like it's just gone. It's just out of here." <laughs> so they go across and keep, so so they meet and basically the, the woman who's there is Kida. She's like the princess, uh, the daughter of the king, and she is super intrigued because in her opinion. Atlantis is falling apart and on the verge of dying and uh, they need help. And so she thinks Milo, because she, he can understand the language, clearly knows something about Atlantis, um, thinks, okay, this is going to be our savior. So he goes to the king and the king's basically like, uh, rules be rules. Get out of here. Rules are cools. And, uh, you know, no, no outsiders allowed in Atlantis. kill him. Yeah, yeah. No, no outsiders allowed. <laughs> like, get out of here. And Rourke better is off, like, right? Yeah, Rourke's like, um, give us one night. Just let us stay. We need to recoup. We've lost all these people. Like, we literally, everyone's been murdered by you, kind mm -hmm. of, uh, inadvertently, <laughs> Leviathan. And they are like, uh, he's like, fine, whatever. You can stick around for a sec. Did anybody recognize the king's voice? Yeah. Well, I know it. Yeah, I know it from yeah. the past. Yeah. Great, late great Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, a lot of late greats. I had to look it up. I, was like, I know this guy's voice. <laughs> and so, uh, as they're kind of going away, Milo is very intrigued by Kida. Kida is very intrigued by Milo, and he's like, "You know, I'm going to find out what's going on. There's something they're withholding, something they're holding back about this whole situation, and I'm going to I'm going to get the answers." So he kind of confronts Kida, but Kida, you know, is basically like, "I also have questions for you," and she's really intrigued because. No one can read. He's got this book, and no one in Atlantis can read. Basically, more or less, <laughs> he's the he's like the only one. Like he's like, oh, you can read these ruins, and he's like, ah, uh, yeah. And so she's like, okay, well, I'm I'm going to show you something. So she, she takes him to take this machine, unveils it, and goes, and this, and he's like, oh yeah, like you can just it has the words on it. it, tells you how to use it. And she's like, what really? And they use like a crystal and turn on this machine, and it flies all over the place. And he's got these machines working again. And she's like, whoa, like. I'm going to show you another thing. He mansplains the shit out of I this. I know. Story. Another yeah. thing I was going to say, the mansplaining in a couple of these scenes is off the chain. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you guys said it because yeah. I was literally sitting there tonight watching with Carly. And I'm like, is, is this like a joke? I'm like, he's right, mansplaining. Yeah. 
everything. I'm like, is this a joke? The one that the line that really killed me was was uh, when they when he turns on the machine, he goes. You know, you were really close. Uh, you should be really impressed how close you actually got, though. And I'm I just know, like, I was like, that is classic <laughs> mansplaining. <laughs> well, he, he mansplained to Audrey earlier about the boiler on the, the trailer. trailer. And she oh, just yeah. hit him. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. she's like, oh, well, I really like that mansplaining. Come mansplain this other thing to me. So they go <laughs> swimming. And I don't even know how Milo could swim the way that he was. It's funny. She's like, I'm going to take you to this thing. They're diving way under the ocean. I'd be like, um, I can't do, can't yeah. do that. What, you what am I, a fish? Like, yeah, come you want to like free dive 600 feet right now? You're like, sure. Yeah, I've been training for that. That sounds great. Yeah, this is an academic. He works in the boiler room of the Smithsonian. He ain't diving like that. But anyway, yeah. so they get down there and he's reading all this stuff, basically being like, well, I can't believe that all this stuff wasn't in the book. The book had everything. It was basically like an encyclopedia have telling you where like the main power source of atlantis is and what it's doing it's like something blah blah all this stuff going on and so they you know he kind of comes up from the surface like that was amazing like i know so much about this power source and we can't take it like originally his, his point was like maybe i can harness this power bring some of this power back uh and like power the world for nothing um but now he's like we can't because it, it is truly what keeps like atlantis alive and all these people alive so he comes to the surface, and who's sitting there waiting for him? Uh-oh, everyone with guns, which I felt like was kind of a weird choice <laughs> for a Disney film to have all of the people you've come to like like sitting there with guns pointed at your main character. Oh, yeah. Dude, but it then, like, he to waste no time here. This is where it's also savage, right? Because they, like, pull her out of the water. She's, like, just in a bikini, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they, like, try to – they got her at gunpoint. She instantly jumps a dude with a knife and is, like, gonna <laughs> – like cut his throat and then they shoot the gun or the knife out of her and I was like dude this movie is intense for like what we're yeah. watching here it's it's a little next level but yeah so then it turns out that that what what the reason why he didn't know any anything about this was Rourke had ripped out one of the pages from the journal so he had this page a missing page that kind of explained this whole thing about the uh the power source and he's like well I guess you've I guess you now realize we're here to grab that um, no matter what, whether these people need it or not, we're going to take it, we're going to sell it as a weapon, and we're going to earn all kinds of money. Don't even worry about it. And Milo is horrified, and they're like, well, you know, them's the breaks. So they, they go over to the old man Rivers uh, King, immediately punch him in the stomach, and it's like, whoa! Like, look at that, he's so old. Um, and so the king is like, oh, you punch him in the stomach, okay, fine. Like... <laughs> And they, what they realize is that the the um, the power source is in the king's eye, which is what was in the book. And he realizes sitting on the, the throne, where the throne is positioned, he can actually see where that is. It's a pattern in the water. So they walk out there, and it's able to start taking them deep uh, down into Atlantis, no where question. presumably this power source is housed. Would you have even been shocked if when they said it's in the king's eye and then the king had like a glass eye and then they like cut it out of his head? Would you have been shocked in this movie? Or would you have been like, I guess this is par for the course? I would have been a little on? shocked because <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't have necessarily uh, thought that this giant uh, star we saw in the beginning of the film, that then that would turn out to just be in a glass eye. Oh, come on. But you know what? I would have. I did think that he was going to threaten to cut out his eyeballs if he well, didn't tell good. him. good. Be... This is in the king's eye. Well, I don't know, maybe I'll take oh. your eyes. And the king's right. like, shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, so then they go down there. He pull, pull Kido with him. This is where a little bit of the plot, it starts to fall apart a little bit plot-wise. Like, I'm not even sure what happens at this point. Because Kida and Milo and Rourke go down there. 
there's these spinning like rocks and they're like, oh, it's the former leader. Every le former leader of Atlantis becomes like a rock that spins around and protects this power source. But all of a sudden, Kida gets like glowy eyes and walks forward, flies up into this power source. The power source kind of like falls apart. She comes down as like a basically a, a pure power being uh, and walks and then they just like it shows them putting her into them into her into like a bin, like a like a like a, <laughs> a cage of sorts. And I was like, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, what just happened? Isn't she like an ultra being? And she just like walked straight into this like little prison and like sat there. I mean, I didn't get it. I didn't either. It was it was getting a little wild, you know. I got yeah. nothing. So anyways, works. Nobody like, knows. Well, Nobody that knows was easy. Well, they reference it too that I guess like it's something with the royal family. Yeah. And because that's what happened to her mother in the in the prologue is the crystal called to her mother and drew on the power of the royal family or something. So I guess it, the same thing was happening again. They don't really explain why, but yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing you can maybe say is that it was it was something having to do with they knew, like the, the power source knew the only way to protect Atlantis right. was to go with Rourke initially in order to then turn the other people who would then protect Atlantis to the outside world or whatever, something like that, rather than kill everyone. Because you presume this being a pure power would just could just laser beam everyone away and be like, oh, now you're protected. Don't even worry about it. But uh, instead, we go through this whole rigmarole. Anyways, work, work has the thing. Milo is basically like, uh, fuck you, dudes. I thought you were my friends, Dr. Sweet, or whatever. I guess Sweet actually already, Dr. Sweet already, he, he decided to stick uh, behind anyways. But the other people are like, you know what? You're right. It's not all about the money. We're actually good people. We're sticking with Milo. And Work's like, and Work and Helga are like, okay, fine. And they just like drive off and blow up the bridge behind them. And they're all like, all the people are like, well, we're screwed because we're dead. Powers is gone. We're in the middle of Atlantis. The place is dying. We're going to be in a rock under the ocean. Thanks, Milo, if that's even your name. And Milo's like, wait. Let me mansplain something to you. Let me mansplain something to all of you. He's like, this is how you use these machines. And they jump onto these machines and they're like, this is where we're going to get it back. And they fly off on their like machines. They have a bunch of kind of interesting animation with their 3D stuff. They fly in. They see them. And they're getting to a hot air balloon, which is fantastic for hot. Well, do we already make hot air balloon movies a season yet or no? Uh, you should. Yeah, we I, don't, I don't believe so. I'd have to... Pull up my notes here. Oh, there's a lot of them. Three, the new three, the that three, three Musketeers 3D movie that came out, Ghost of Mars. I mean, there's a, that's, I mean, I could count at least three movies with uh, hot air balloons in them. <laughs> them. Enough to make a season. Uh, oh, Wizard of Oz, right? There you go. Oz. Oh, very good. Oh my god, classics Ooh, all over in the, the place chat. Embers of Stern says we could also do dirigible season. Oh, no, well, I think the I mummy, think those would be merged. Right? I think those would be merged. Oh, we're doing it all together. Okay. Yeah, the three Musketeers. Yeah, yeah, lighter than air. I like that. Ooh. Oh. Uh, so, anyways, uh, they catch up. They're in this like kind of crazy balloon. They're taking the the thing up. They they had opened up the top of the volcano and they're heading out. And Milo's like, "Time to take them out." And we get a dogfight in the air. People shooting other people, blowing up planes left and right, uh, killing more people, as many people as they can, really. Yeah, they're just like uh, slingshotting planes into the sky somehow. Like, I don't know how they had that rig. Dude, right, yeah. yeah. Also, we didn't even talk about like way earlier on when like all they escaped into Atlantis and they were on mini subs and all of a sudden they had like just boatloads of trucks and digging machines right. and now planes and 
Presumably weapons of mass destruction. I mean, I don't, who knows what's over there? Well, they do. They have at least one weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, Her name's big, Kida. Big crystal or something. Um, and so anyways, they're, they're, the, the balloon's going up. They try a couple times to get Kida off of there, but none of them really work. Uh, they're, they're able to kind of um, uh, compromise the balloon a little bit, so they need to throw weight off. And Rourke is basically immediately like, Helga, have fun. <laughs> it throws her off the balloon. Um, and so she's like falling. This is a crazy thing too. She fell like a hundred feet onto rocks below, and then so she's able high. to like turn around and be like, well, "Fuck you!" And like shoots <laughs> the, balloon, the balloon a little bit as well. It's like, wait, how, how do you live through that? That seems crazy. But uh, Milo also to save the day, you know, gets onto the balloon, and he he's you know getting to some fisticuffs with Rourke, who's way bigger. But you know, in the end, Rourke is able. He's able to kind of smash into the. Uh, the power source, Akita's like prison, grab a piece of glass that's like infused with the power somehow. I don't even know. Slices uh, Rourke in the arm. He turns into like a crazy monster energy being as well. And uh, he kind of explodes or something. Is that what happens? I got nothing. Yes, he does. He, like, I don't know explodes. how to really describe it. Things were getting yeah, and then, absolutely yeah. out of hand. Then Milo's able to get. Kida's like little prison. The the whole volcano starting to erupt. So he gets the the, the prison hooked up to um, their little flying machines and are able to fly her back to Atlantis, where she's able to get the protective uh, dome, like in the beginning of the movie, uh, over Atlantis just as the lava comes over. And it like it activates all kinds of robots, which seem like something maybe like these giant robots and they weren't even hidden very well. Like one was just like crouched in the ocean, like will look like a giant robot and just like got up. And I was like, wouldn't they kind of, I mean, I guess they probably would mention, oh, there's also these robots. Can you explain that? And Milo would be like, yeah, actually I can't. Read. Here we go. Page 37, yeah. bro. And so then, uh, then they're they're all sitting there afterwards. He's basically Milo's like, they're like, oh, Milo, aren't you going to come with me? He's like, uh, have you seen Kita? She's smoking. <laughs> Hot. 8,800 years. Yeah, she's 8,800 yeah, years old, but still looking great. I get to live forever in Atlantis, apparently, I think, probably. He's like, it's theoretically. I'm going to live forever now. And uh, and so, like, no, I'm going to stay with... I'm going to become, basically, the first... I guess you'd call him the first man in the situation. She's the queen. And he's kind of just, like, her king of sorts. And, but, like, I'm going to stay here. And they're like, okay. And he's like... Keep it all secret. And they go off with a whole bunch of shows. They, they give them a whole bunch of treasure because they're heroes. And so they go off, and Whitmore is sitting there being like, so you didn't find anything. And it shows, pans over to the whole crew, and they're obviously filthy rich. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> didn't really find anything. Well, I think this is, this is to get them to keep their story straight. Right. That's what all this is. But yeah, right. I mean, they are dressed to the nines. Like... I think Cookie's got like gauged out ears with big diamonds in them, all that. Yeah, Zach, you got your hand up. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I have a problem with this. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know if we're there yet or not. Yeah. But have we reached the part where they find, is it Whitmore again at the end? Yeah, yeah that's where we're at. At the beginning of the movie, Whitmore did one of these. Did you guys catch that? The finger crossed. I didn't, I didn't catch one. You of didn't that. catch that? I didn't catch that. When he's waving to the submarine at the beginning of the movie when it's when it's dispersing, when it's leaving, he's like waving with his one hand and he puts his other hand behind his back, crosses his fingers, and the scene cuts. Hmm. 
Do you so think you it was he was a, in at it with like Rourke or whatever? Well, like I was like, I literally was like, he's it. Like that's it. That's the bad guy. Like he's gonna fuck them all over at the end of well, the. Well, maybe movie. it's a good thing. Maybe it's like fingers crossed. Like, like oh. a hopeful thing. You're right. I didn't think about that. I just assumed mm. the worst. That's a good point. I mean, might have, he might have been in cahoots with Rourke. That's good though. That's interesting. Fans, you let us know what your opinions are. I never noticed that. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, Donna, it's it's it, it happened. It's not just bullshit, Zach. It, <laughs> it was real. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because it definitely doesn't fit with the tone. Like, it's not like they they were obviously trying to hide the fact that they found Atlantis and stuff like that. Mostly just so that other people didn't go there. But you know, obviously, my oh, what? You, I'm sorry, Jamie. Right well, Cal, that okay. Jeez. What? What? Just that was a terrible view. Was it? <laughs> that was just my chest. That was my bad. Chest. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Should I have squeezed them together? Would that have been good for you? <clears throat> and so then Milo, yeah, but like he, Milo gives him a little gift at the end that kind of says like, you know, we both thank you. And so Whitmore has like a little crystal from Atlantis and he's all happy about that. And then we see the final scene where because the power source is up in the sky now, Atlantis is like flourishing, which just makes me think that the king, Kita's dad, terrible leader, ter terrible, just Obviously. like let the whole place nearly die. While Keita is basically like, uh, maybe we don't. Maybe maybe an idea would be we don't let it die. And the father's like, eh, well, we'll let it play out. We'll see what happens. And so anyways, she's like, now that she's the queen, everything's going great. But they still put put his like uh, giant stone face up into the sky uh, anyways. And that's the end. That's the end of the movie. Before we get to Milo's return. Okay, let's dive straight into that guy. <laughs> wow. God. Dude. There it is. 2001 Atlantis. 2001 Atlantis? Sorry. What am I talking about? Space think, Odyssey. No. Yeah. That makes it sound like a uh, yeah, Moby Dick movie, that 2010. Um, amazing movie if you haven't watched it. Um, I get it, guys. I know we're in a podcast. You can only hear a voice. But if you check the Discord, so listeners, join our Discord. You can see this screenshot from the movie that verifies what I said. Did you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, I don't want to screw up. Oh, oh, going wow, here you're right. No, I'm not bullshitting. He's thumbs upping, upping them while also crossing his fingers behind his back. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, scandalous. Hmm. Should we uh, get into some reviews of this bad boy? See I think we should. Yeah. All right. We should go first. We do have a guest. Nick, do you want to go first or I would I would be honored. Okay. I would be honored. Honest. So I am a fan. I think that's uh that's kind of the whole point of me being here. Um that being said, this movie is one of those that like I'm completely aware of its faults. You know, it's it's weird. It was it was made at a time like we were saying before. You know, the Disney Renaissance was, you know, basically The Little Mermaid, I think, through Tarzan is considered the Disney Renaissance. And that's when Disney animation was really, you know, revitalized and they were getting big into the uh, Broadway style musicals and, and that kind of thing. So this was definitely a departure from that. You know, they were they were trying something completely different. It was an action movie. It was, a, it was I think it was rated PG. Um, so, yeah, the, the execution of it was not perfect. Um, there's like... You know, so there's some parts of the storyline that definitely don't hold up uh, to any scrutiny. Um, but overall, I, I still think it's a very enjoyable movie. 
like we said, the style of it's very unique. Um, the animation itself is very different for well, Disney animation in general, but especially at the time, the fact that it's not a musical. Um, yeah, it, I think it's just fun. It's fun to watch a dumb animated action movie, you know, one that you don't have to think about too much. And I will say for, you know, for the size of the cast that it has, the amount of stuff that happens in it, it moves along at a pretty quick pace. Like it's, at least I don't feel like there's any part of it that that lagged. I don't know if you guys felt the same, but, um, you know, there's no part of it that dragged or felt slow. I think pacing wise was pretty good. And it's also shorter than I remembered it being. I remember always thinking like, oh, this is a, an action movie. It's got to be at least two hours. I didn't realize it was only like 96 minutes. Like it's pretty, it's a pretty quick movie considering, again, the size of the cast and the amount of stuff that happens and the world building that went on and all that. So, um, yeah, um, you know, it's not my favorite Disney movie. It's it's high on my list, but I'm gonna give it a uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. Whoa! Oh there wow! Go. Got an eight right. strong yeah. eight. score. Yeah, Zach, I'm gonna I take see... my traditional second spot. But kind of oh. okay. I, one thing I do have to note is Nick, you brought up Tarzan, and I don't know if have you guys seen the memes with like the Phil Collins <laughs> stuff and Tarzan lately. He went Tarzan? so hard. Yeah, have you seen it? Oh, it's so funny because, like, the meme is just like, all right, Phil, it's a movie about a guy who thinks he's a monkey. Like, you don't have to do anything crazy. And then it's like just Charlie Day with, like, cocaine on his face doing night. <laughs> I saw another one of like, a piano guy. on fire on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will cute. say, I Jamie, I'm sorry. No disrespect. No Are disrespect. you going to do it? But uh, not me. But our other special guest wants uh. to cut in. Do uh -oh. it. They want to cut in. They want Ladies to cut in. Ladies and gentlemen, a submersion first. Submersion first. first. Is this the first wife to be on a podcast besides dancing? Yes. That's yeah, sure. She did this declare. Is, this, is, this, is, this looks actually like it's real. I'm going to mansplain this to you. This is the <laughs> microphone. This is what you're talking about. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Carly. Hey, Carly. Hey, you're, got, you're missing parts of your head right now. I got to figure out what's going on with you. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, hello. It's okay. You can you can start giving us your review for Atlantis. Listen. Oh, well, there's this a is cat. Also Marvin. This is Marvin. He's our. Hey, new Marvin. Kid. Remember, podcast can't see. Oh, well, Marvin's a one year. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I love Atlantis. I don't. I don't know what you guys typically say on impromptu reviews but i went downstairs and zach had the tv on and it was pulled up to atlantis and i said is this your movie of the week and he said yeah why and i said because i love this movie <laughs> it's, great. it's a great movie i don't know what sets specifics. this above the typical disney animated film for you I wish I had a clear-cut answer. I think it's just a better storyline. I don't know. I think this is one of the most underrated Disney movies ever. Amen. I I truly do. I've said that for a long time, and I will die on that hill. <laughs> Carly, I'm not even going to lie. Like, your glasses and Milo's glasses are, like, very similar. That's true. I know. Uh oh Wow. I just channel Milo. That's what I do. <laughs> 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 no, I just, I don't know. I think it's because it's a legend that we all have heard at least once. 
and it the the movie kind of brings it to life and it's just entertaining and it was fun for me to kind of sit down and watch Zach watch it for the first time in preparation for this podcast because apparently he had never seen it before. I'm surprised I never made him watch it, honestly. <laughs> but it was just fun to watch his reactions to things and things that I've watched numerous times um, over the past uh, however many years since it's come out. But it's just good every time. I don't know what it is about it. I know that you guys do movies every every week. I, I wish I had a better clear-cut explanation for why I like it so much. <laughs> it's just a good storyline. Mole's entertaining every time. I don't know. I just it's just underrated. It's just it's just a good movie. I could not agree more. Thanks. What would you give it out of out of twelve? Out of twelve. Out of twelve. 12 being the highest, I assume. Well, so like we usually like we usually go to like 10, but then if something is just like out of this world, blew you away, changed your life, it's a 12. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say a 12. Wow. Well, here I'm gonna say that because, as I'm sure you've discussed, and as Zach looked up when we were watching it, it came out in 2001. It's been years and years since this came out, and I've liked it since day one. Not a lot of movies I'm willing... There's not a lot of movies I'm willing to sit down and watch time and time again. This is one of them. To just happen to walk by when Zach was like, all right, I got to prep for the podcast and see Atlantis, and me be like, whoa, you're watching Atlantis? <laughs> <laughs> I love Atlantis. Zach's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I, you don't understand. This is one of the most underrated mo Disney movies of all time. <laughs> It's definitely, you know, acquired its own, like, cult following over the years. Yeah. yeah. It has its fans, for sure. I agree. I agree. It was myself and a couple friends in college that were <laughs> like, listen, this movie. And the other one that we would die on the hill on is Anastasia, which I don't think is technically Disney, but whatever. It is now. Is it? Because Disney bought 20th Century Fox. There you go. See? There you so, go. Wow. That's another one I will die on the hill on. <laughs> but... No, this is, I don't know, It's 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 been good for years and years. My opinion of it has never changed. It breaks my heart every time they set off on the expedition and Whitmore crosses his fingers behind his back, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Wait, did you point that out to Zach? Or did he point it out to you? I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but I pointed it out to him. Oh, my <laughs> See, oh, he, was, he was taking notes. He was okay. taking notes. So I made sure I'm All like, right. did you see that? And he's like, what? Did he cross his fingers behind his back? I said, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I had never noticed that all the years I watched it. Oh, see, that's when you know. That's when you know something's going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, he comes out of nowhere. Stormy night. Helga shows up. and he, She's like, you've got to talk to my employer. Wouldn't you be like, who is this guy? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. Why is dude, he coming out of think nowhere about with a bunch of money? You're a single, in 1914. You're a single dude working in the boiler room all the time. Somebody like Helga shows up. She's like, "You got to come with me." He's like, "That's true." I'll, I'll talk that's to fair. anybody for you. All right, let's do this. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to send you on an expedition. You're like, "Damn it, what? This isn't at all what I was expecting." That's fair. That's fair. A guy with a Persian cat. <laughs> this yeah. woman just shows up. <laughs> You guys, listen. That's like the thing, right? If you're if you're a bad guy, you've got a cat. 
Like, uh, what's that? What's that? But Milo has the cat. Gadget? He's not the bad guy. Oh, he's got the Persian cat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Milo says, "What about my cat?" And Whitmore's oh, like, right. "Got it covered." And the cat shows up on his shoulder. Yeah, that's right. Whitmore has the giant fish tank. And I don't know if Zach said oh, this before, yes. but Zach made the excellent point that those fish mm -hmm. were colacanth. Yeah, Colacanth. from Animal Crossing. From Animal Crossing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I noticed yeah. that too. I was like, "Dude, it's not raining. You can't be catching those right now." <laughs> Zach's like, well, you know, you know why they fish. used those, right? Because those are the ones that they they had thought were extinct, and then they found them in like the fifties. Oh. But the movie set in nineteen fourteen. Right. That, so it's, it's, it's hinting that Whit, oh. it's hinting that Whitmore knows more than he's letting on. Tricky. I would never have known that. <laughs> what they say? That they were. Colocanth were thought to be extinct, so Whitmore knew more than what he was letting on. Zach says. Zach's not hmm. impressed. Yeah, he's not really impressed by it. He's like, <laughs> whatever, guys. So, dang, I mean, a 12 out of 12. I know. Um, I know that's a bold move, but it's it just, it's never lost its touch over the years for me. Well, that's good. Yeah, we're, I, we're killing your curve tonight. Sorry. <laughs> Zach's a big sit down and watch a movie again and again. I'm not like that as much. So for me, if it's something that I'm willing to watch again and again, it it comes with a high score for me. What'd you give it? 12. What? <laughs> <laughs> you gave it a 12? Yeah. Oh. What? What did you give it? I haven't gone yet. Oh, he hasn't gone yet. Okay. <laughs> that might be my favorite podcast moment that we've had so far. <laughs> The husband and wife. What? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Are you out of your mind? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Man, they, they have their first big fight as a couple. Yeah. You kidding me? <laughs> Over Atlantis. Yeah. Empire. Over Milo Thatcher. <laughs> and his crazy cat. <laughs> Craziness. Crazy stuff. All right. Yeah. Jamie, yeah. want to dive in here? Yeah, I can jump in. I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna reel it back, get it back into that. Thanks, Carly. Zone. Of course. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a. All right. I'm gonna do a five. I think I'm gonna come right in the middle. Who's going? Oh, girl time. Five? It was girl time. We've got <laughs> podcast girls time. Thanks, Carly. Bye bye. Yeah. So I'm gonna come in right at the middle. I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do a five. I think. I think I like the animation. Actually, I thought it looked. I thought it looked really interesting, and I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the character. I like Milo. I don't like Hida. Um, I like that aspect of it. I just think it could have done a little bit better with... Uh, it had a lot of characters for a short amount of time. Didn't really get to do much with a whole bunch of them. They kind of just, you know, had a couple scenes. Like, think about the the old lady. All she, basically, all we saw is she smoked. Like, and then she took some pictures. But, like, that was kind of it. Like, you don't really get to know, you know, many of the people. Uh, even Kida, what did we really learn about her so much? Uh, Milo is really the only one where you dive into his backstory um, and that kind of stuff to Greg's. And I guess you did get the flower shop guy, the, de the demolition guy, and you got mm -hmm. the, the teenager. They both had some backstory. But... And, and, then, and Dr. Uh, Dr. Sweet. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, Dr. Sweet had actually an interesting backstory. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. The, the, but the plot, I mean, I do think it, it kind of lacked a little bit. It, it had to have all this forward momentum. And as you say, it was always things were happening. Like, it, you never really lacked for action. But because it needed so much forward momentum, it to get all the way through the storyline in an hour and 30 minutes 
it did feel at some points where you're just like sitting there being like, I don't get what's happening. Cause people were, it, it almost seemed like it was an automated, like you had to move from A to B and you lost a little bit of why things were going from A to B. Um, but they, they couldn't, they didn't have time to explain it or, you know, give an adequate way of explaining it. So I did feel like it was kind of like middle of the road in that way. You didn't get um, a lot of stuff. I also, I don't know, I'm a sucker a little bit for Disney uh, ones with songs. It was a little jarring. I was waiting for everything. Okay, let's say, because I, 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 I don't, I mean, I, I probably saw this one when it came out, but I hadn't seen it since it came out. And I was waiting. I was like, okay, what are these songs going to be? Let's wait for them to chime in. And I got, got a little bit into it. I was like, it's not... Was that a musical? And you look and it's like, no, it was not. I don't know. I don't know how many how many Disney non musicals were there, in the end. A handful. A handful. More, more than you would think. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I was just waiting for it because you know you think of the ones that were coming out out around that time. You know, you got your Beauty and the Beast, and you got your Hunchback, and you know they have these great musical numbers and all this stuff. And this one didn't have any anything. Not a single song. Really, until the end credits, where a song chimed in, an original song. Uh, chimed in but yeah that's what i'm gonna come in middle of the road five five all right fair enough who wants to go next brown you've been super quiet all night man you want to go Sorry, i was helping zach make some zach facts and then i hey don't oh, whoa. Whoa. oh sorry i i was drinking Um, so I'm actually, I, this, this, this is fitting. I can go after Jamie here cause I'm going to also arrive at the same spot. Uh, I'm not a huge Disney guy. Anybody that knows me knows, uh, that's one of my, my biggest cons or negatives is my aversion to Disney. I just never really got into cartoons and, uh, Disney growing up and really I maybe watched maybe three or four Disney animated films. Uh, out of the what they're over a hundred now, I'm pretty sure. Um, obviously, I've seen uh, The Lion King, and uh, it seems like that's the one that everyone like. If you're going to only watch one, watch <laughs> The Lion King. But um, this obviously wasn't as good as The Lion King's. Uh, trying to trying to find my meter here for what I can compare it against. But I mean, it was competent. I, I don't know how often you expect a Disney movie to be bad. There's probably very few and far between that you have a bad animated Disney film. This seemed like a fine film. But I could see why it would be relegated to, uh, you know, having a cult following as opposed to being a true Disney classic. Um, had obviously a fun premise, exciting premise, uh, and capturing the mythology around this lost city of Atlantis. Um, and I thought it was pretty fun and what it did um, with the the mythos and. Uh, the action scenes were pretty cool. I did really like the climactic final battle with the the zeppelin or whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to give it a five as well. Um, again, I was surprised with no music scene. I always assume that every Disney is going to have a little bit of a musical number here and there, uh, but this was just a true action flick, which I feel like would appeal to the young boy and me back when I was probably, I would have been 11 when this came out, but, um, I don't know if I would have latched onto it as a child or not, but, uh, as an adult, um, seemed competent. And and as it being competent, I'm just going to meet in the middle of the road with a five. I'm jumping All right. in. All right, you jump in. What did my wife give it? A twelve. Twelve. It's crazy town. <laughs> Dude, crazy. you chose her, man. 
<laughs> she was passionate about it too. I know. I, I was downstairs getting a water. I'm just like, she's still going. She's, she's still <laughs> preaching. Atlantis lost empire. That hidden, that hidden, hidden Disney gym. <laughs> um. So I'm a toss up, whether or not I'm like a Disney fan. Like I, I, I watched animated movies growing up. I love animated movies, but I never really cared. If it was a Disney movie, and I sure shit never liked hearing music, like songs, like singing in the Disney movies growing up. I remember that as a kid. I was always thinking like, oh, no, another one of these songs. Like, I loved American Tale, right? Like, mm -hmm. time. Like, Rescuers Down Under, The Rescuers, you know. Um, amazing movies. Disney ones, I mean, the first one I really remember, probably Lion King. I mean, that's like the one that really stood out. Anything else before that that was Disney, I would have known if it was Disney or not Disney. That's the thing. Like, I probably watched that a hundred times and just didn't need to watch anything else. Yeah, right. So I never saw this movie. I This is tonight, today, the day of filming is the first time I've ever seen Atlantis, The Lost Empire. And I wasn't. I was I, I don't know what to expect. I was not expecting to get blown away, that's for sure. But I think my expectations were lower than what I really thought of it because I knew it was like in the weird transition time. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. early 90s animation, which is like a distinct look, <laughs> but it wasn't 2010 plus animation. So when I started watching this, I was like, this animation is like crazy looking, but like in a good way. Like it just looked like... There was a scene in the movie where, like, they pan the camera around so it looked 3D, but it wasn't 3D. But then, like, the background was still static. It was just, it was something else. But I was into it. Like, it was good. Um, some notes that I, I, I pulled out, like, we talked about the beginning was Crazy Town, um, Mr. Whitmore. There, so there's adult humor. As a lot of Disney movies have, like at the beginning, I made a note of Mr. Whitmore going upside down in his robe. In his robe dropped. Mm. Did you mention this? No, no, that's that. That's a good point, though. There's, yeah, he flipped upside down. His robe went over his head, meaning his. What's another word for a penis? Dong, <laughs> schlong. <laughs> His dong and berries would have been presented to Milo there. there there's a lot of nudity or implied nudity in, nudity in this movie, actually, because they make a joke about Packard sleepwalking, too. Um, oh, my God. That was funny. Dude, you're going to need this. <laughs> there was that. Uh... <laughs> the mask. Yeah. Sleeping mask. So I, I wrote that down, and 11 minutes in, we get the submarine, which, come on, guys. This submarine is probably like one of the most kick-ass submarines we've ever seen. Like, I, love, I love the design. But it looked so sweet with that sweet, like, orange glass in the front. And it just, how big it was, it, it was awesome. I talked about crossing the fingers. Um, then there was a really stupid joke. I don't know. There was a point where it said, tell Cookie to bring out, oh, yeah, it's when the Leviathan was attacking him. And that stupid, uh, the, the main bad guy, what's his name? Um, said, tell Cookie to bring out the butter and the bibs. Like, they're about to die by the Leviathan. That's just good, right? He's like, I'm going to ride this to my grave, man. He's like, I hate that dude's cooking so much, yet I still hire this dude to come with me on every expedition. Yeah, 
like makes a crustacean joke like right before he's about to die. It's like, what, yeah. what are you um, and then there was a funny scene. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but like when they're when the submersibles are shooting out of the submarine when it's going down. Yeah. These these launch out of the asshole of the <laughs> right? oh, There's like a right? hundred of them, man. Yeah, like it was just you know. When I was yeah. a kid, I had a die cast miniature of one of those like mini subs. That thing was awesome. It was like real heavy and like really detailed. I wish I still had that. But yeah, it was like it's like the perfect weird size. <laughs> Wait for what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Was that Hugh Grant? Not Hugh Grant. What, what am I thinking of? With Richard Gear. Richard Grant. What is it? Richard Gear. Yeah. yeah. Was that the gerbil uh, thing? Yeah, that's a gerbil. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but then the um the one lady that was always smoking, which apparently they took those scenes out of the movie when it was televised, but she made that one line where she sleeps in the nude. Did you catch that? Oh, that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. And then I liked how there was the one moment where the crew was bonding by the fire, right? And I thought that was meaningful. You know, it sounds stupid to say, but it did, like it was like, you know, emotional because I was like, this is like that scene that you'd seen a lot of our other submarine movies. This is like when the crew's together, they're having that moment that bonds them, which directly relates to the end of the movie where they all go against Rourke and side with Milo and doing the right thing to not murder an entire civilization of people. So, so I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so overall, animation is really unique, but I was into it. Um, you know, between that 90s and 2010 time period, uh, I thought the characters looked good. Um, yeah, that's pretty much everything I wrote down. So, oh, but the one part at the end I wrote down the sci fi animation of her getting absorbed in, and when they started spinning those runes, I don't know if any of you guys ever saw the movie Annihilation, but it oh, reminded me. Yeah. It reminded me of that at the mm -hmm. end, like when all the crazy shit's going on and the screen's bright and it's just the deep bass. Like they didn't have the kick-ass music in this movie, but it just reminded me of that. Like they didn't speed it up to get to the next funny animated character joke. I mean, they give you like a solid 20 or 30 seconds of just visualizing what's going on. I thought it was awesome. So I really did like this. For an animated film that I'd never saw before, I liked it. Not a ton of submarine action. So my initial gut feeling was a nine. No joke. But because there wasn't a ton of submarine action, I'll give it an eight. Okay. Wow. Coming in there, meeting Nick. Wow. This is getting some really high ratings. I don't know. If like, <laughs> I got to just tank to bring this back to earth or what? But I'll, I'll very, bring very it Very disparate here. ratings, as Jamie would say. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, Zach, much like you. I had not seen this movie until we were watching it for the podcast. So there was a very specific time for me in my life when I quit watching animated movies. And I remember it. I remember it like clear as day. It was year 2000. I was in what, like, I don't know, f fifth grade maybe. And my dad was like, do you want to go see Gladiator? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to see Gladiator. <laughs> so, like, we went in theaters and I went and saw Gladiator, and that was like year 2000. And then, like, when I see Russell Crowe chopping dudes' heads off with swords and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'm never going back to, like, animated movies. Like, I've, like yeah. that's just the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, like, the sky's the limit now. So, I hadn't seen So, what that. was the last animated movie you saw before that? 
Probably was so. This this a movie came out the same year, and I think my parents had. I don't know if it came out before or after or whatever, but they had bought it. I did not see it in theaters, but it was like Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. That I like Carly yeah. loved that movie. Yeah, that really when like it that came one. out. That's another. That's another very underrated Disney. Yeah, yeah. that's really short. Funny. It's like what seventy minutes or something. Yeah, it's really short. Uh, but other than that, I mean, like. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Like, when did Toy Story come out? That was probably early 90s, right? 95. Early, early okay. okay. So, I mean, it was... All right, Titan AE was another one I liked, but I think that was... Was that 99 or something? So that was one Are you sure saw? it was Titan AE? It wasn't Titan AF? Yeah. yeah that would be a good one. Titan AF, <laughs> Anyways. So, I hadn't, I hadn't seen... I have not seen many animated movies, honestly, since then. Um... I think the next one I saw was like Wreck It Ralph or something when somebody's like, You gotta watch this. And I was like, Okay, I'll check this out. And um <laughs> so we were talking like what, like a twelve or thirteen year span or something like that. Yeah, so, that's a ways. Yeah, it is. Uh and Zach, I think you hit the nail on the head. You're talking about the animation. Your animation well a lot of times is like like dark and stuff. The submarines and like the mechanical underwater monsters were amazing looking that really reminded me of like what i really liked about titan ae and the opening scene blew me away also i was like what the hell is going on here it's like because that nuclear blast happened and everything and i did like the character development we did get along the way it is something that we get to you don't necessarily get in a lot of the singing movies and all that you're like oh well they sang a couple songs so i guess i like them now um and I did get kind of lost, I guess, after, what the heck is his name? After Rourke came out guns blazing and, like, shit just hit the fan. And we were talking about nobody could figure out what on earth was happening with Kita. They, like, put her in that box. I was, like, kind of lost at that point. I'm like, I don't really know what's going on right now. And so you're just sitting there watching. I'm like, okay, I mean, visually this stuff's pretty cool. Like, the lava's looking good and all that stuff, so... Uh, but I didn't really understand what was going on necessarily. And, oh, man, I don't know. <sighs> is it my favorite animated movie? No. This is it the worst thing I've ever seen? No, because I've seen Subferatu. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to come in... Oh man, what do I want? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a six on it. Yeah, I think I had a very similar experience to you, Kyle. I, I discovered, uh, you know, I was watching Toy Story and uh, Lion King on like repeat every night. Yeah. And then I discovered uh, Ace Ventura and oh, so Billy Madison, and just never went back. <laughs> that's the transition. Yeah. Just- well, I mean, and that's the thing too. Like I think I mentioned before the. This is post-Disney Renaissance. They were trying something different, right? Um, I don't want to step on anyone's trivia toes, but um, I think part of the idea was, at least among the crew that was working on Atlantis, I think they they actually had T-shirts made that said, Atlantis, less music, more explosions. Oh, really? That was like their their whole thing. And the idea was, like, because if you go to Disneyland, 
the, the park is divided up into different lands. There's like Adventure Land and Tomorrowland, Fantasyland. And up until that point, most Disney movies were Fantasyland because they were princesses and all. So the idea was they were trying to make an Adventure Land oh. movie. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like I specifically liked how that was like, oh, there's no, I'm so, there's no stupid cartoon character singing in this movie. I like that. Like, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if that is why you end up getting a feeling that you don't necessarily get to know the characters as well. The mm-hmm. songs, in some ways, are basically like, this is how I'm feeling about this, and right. like kind of telling people about like their feelings. Whereas when you have an action adventure one, all you get is the action as right. part of it. Like an action is not telling you anything about a, a, a person or even really about Other the storyline. They want to survive. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Whereas the songs, the songs are like, I am feeling I'm in love with you. And now they have to figure out some way of like conveying that. Like if work sang a song about being prepared for this, it would have oh. been our movie. Be prepared. That's true. That would have been good. I did. Li- I I also really like the characters. Like I thought we had a Was good that a Mulan reference. Good crew. Yeah, let's get down to business. Time to defeat the Huns. That might have been the last one. When did that come out? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Yeah, ninety-seven. I doubt there was. I Never doubt I didn't it. go without watching movies for three years. That seems unrealistic. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I don't even know. Well, Anyways. You got something? You got something? Zach? Zach, get excited. Because you've been asking me for a really long time. Are you serious? And I was having guests on. I was like, it's time, to, it? it's time to do something with my life here. So here we go. Yes. I love it. It's really simple, but I think you would enjoy it. That's great. <laughs> hey man, anything's better than nothing, and I like it. I like it. Or did I hate it? No! Okay, everybody, we've got some love it, hate it for this wild animated film by Disney. What do we want to hear first? Love it. I, we've heard, yeah, we've heard a lot of love, so we need to end on a hate. You know, get that negativity just ratcheted up. You know what I'm saying? So hate it? And no, no, love, no, you end on no, love it. Yeah, oh. love it. So love it first. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> so there's a lot of love for this movie. A lot of love. I could have picked a thousand different 10 out of 10s, but I picked this 10 out of 10 that was short and sweet. By With broken English, I'm sure. What's that? With broken DVD English. Work. Chris Kirk, 24669. What did he say? What? Chris, okay, come on. <laughs> Chris Kirk, 24660. He made this review 10 out of 10, February 2020, right before lockdown. <laughs> he's, watching, he's watching Lannis. One of the most underrated films of all time. This movie will simply leave you on the edge of your seat throughout. I had never even heard of this movie until recently. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Wow. wow. Amazing. <laughs> and that was one of a lot on IMDb. Dang. 
So you probably had a little. Uh, you probably had a hard time finding some hated stuff here, huh? Well, there's some hate. Ooh. <laughs> when when there's love, there's hate. <laughs> so our hate it. Now, when did this movie come out? Two thousand one. Yeah. Do we know the date? Do we know the exact day? Summer, I believe. What do you Summer? think? This came out like a day after they saw it. Somebody went on like this new thing called the internet and was like, I'm going to just hate this thing. You say that, Kyle. June, June 15th. No. <laughs> All right, here we go. Magnum P.I. June 16th, 2001. Wow. <laughs> Had this to say. <laughs> I'm reading this word for word. One of Disney's best animation flicks yet. Maybe it's just me, but I could not fail to notice the political undertones. Oh. Capitalism, bad. Military, bad. Guns, very, very bad. Mysterious blue lightning bolts that kill. Okay. Too bad Disney. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Too bad Disney couldn't have George W. Bush or Rush Limbaugh. Oh, right? topical. Right? Oh, as, as the voice of the bad guy, James Garner must have been the third choice. One out of ten. Wow. What? Wow. I am, I am blown away. <laughs> I am... I kind of feel bad for that guy. I, don't I, missed, know. A, I guess or, I or missed girl. a lot here. You know? I don't know. It just seems it seems odd to watch uh, a movie like Atlantis and then spend the whole time being like Ugh, stewing Ugh. <laughs> political undertones of this animated film I'm watching. Who wrote that? Was it was that? John that was back Barry? in a time when that really wasn't that popular to do. Like, imagine what this right. guy's going through now. Yeah. What you, did you say, Nick? Was that John Barron that wrote that? <laughs> Keith Olbermann. Magnum P.I., June 16th, the day after the movie came out. Took wow. to the internet. Man. Oddly enough, 2001 is when I made my Amazon account. That's really? Wow. That's how long I've been an Amazon member. Dang. Yeah, it's weird. That's crazy. What'd you buy from Amazon 2001? Just books? You know, that's a great question. Let me check, <laughs> you check your order. history. Let me see what my earliest, earliest order was. Is this was. our new Happy segment? Month? Guess what Zach bought in like this <laughs> month of this year. I mean, literally, I pull up my Amazon history and it's it's a, it's a every year from 2001 till now. So wow. 2001, I had two orders. Huh? Oh, I had June 6th of Whoa. 2001 before this movie came out. Atlanta's poster. <laughs> the PlayStation video game. Does anybody want to guess? Twisted Metal PlayStation 1 video game? Yeah. Cool Borders. Nope. Uh, I'm going to go with like an Army Men. What were those called? No, that's not it. Okay. No. Little Final, little final Fantasy? Little Final Fantasy no, 7? I, I've never been a big Final Fantasy fan. Mm -hmm. Snake! Oh, wow, Metal Gear Solid! Solid. It was my first ever purchase on Amazon. Funny enough, my second purchase, <laughs> December 14th of 2001, was the Metal Gear Solid 2 action figures of Solid Snake, <laughs> the Revolver Ocelot, and Top Secret Number 1, which turned out to be Solidus. So, 
Yeah. Okay. The first one's like, oh, actually, really not embarrassing first purchase on Amazon. Who, who would have expected that from young Zachary? But then you follow it up with some action figures. That's okay. That makes more sense. Well, it just shows you enjoyed the game. I, I have a lot of good memories of Metal Gear Solid. It's um, a great game. I'm hoping right? we get an HD remaster of that thing at some point. But they did it, dude, on GameCube. Well, yeah, but I'm talking <laughs> like. What they've done for Final Fantasy on PlayStation, oh, yeah. they do that for Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Something like over the top, and we're just like, wow, that was amazing. Mm. My earliest purchase we, on Amazon was 2008. Not, not the same. Not the same. College textbook, it sucks. Dude, <laughs> lame. Embarrassing. Sucks. Look at that lame embarrassing purchase. <laughs> You know what's weird though is that I was born in '88. So what was I 13 when I made? Yeah. I know. So Mike, how'd you even get saying. that account? <laughs> Rob, I'm, I'm saying you also a 13 year old on Amazon. You should have a much more embarrassing first thing you bought. But you don't. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Um, okay, let's get some trivia. I think right. Yeah. Now, Nick, you you took care of trivia tonight, right? Or Jamie, you got some stuff. I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Nick's I got not, it. I didn't do a thing. Oh snap! Oh no, I was. I thought Jamie was still. I thought Jamie still had it. Hold on. No. Oh, no, no. Hold no, on. I can take care of it. You. I can take care of it. The only thing I did oh. notice that was a little trivia was that yeah. apparently Milo, the face, like the way that they drew Milo, was based on the linguists they used to make the Atlantean language, who was the same uh, guy yeah. who invented Klingon. Yep. That was that was gonna be one of my off the top of my head trivia. Yeah. Well, talk about going overboard for a Disney animated movie. Like this man invented an entire language. <laughs> Bring him on. For he well he invented like an alphabet too. Like yeah. it's like really involved. You can like go online. I think I think like Duolingo. You can like learn some Atlantean. Really? Well, yeah. Like there's people online who are like, super fans of this movie that like. <laughs> Study, study and write Atlantean. Dude, get ready for the cancel culture to hit this podcast when they hear about sixes and fives. My God, we got people learning Atlantean. Like, <laughs> I we're, know. We're toast. See you guys. It's been a wild ride. I mean, that, that, tells, you, that tells you about the peak of Disney Renaissance, though, when they were like, we're making an animated film. We're hiring this guy. He's inventing an entire goddamn language. It's like, yeah, money to burn? What's going on here? Yeah. Well, this was kind of the like, so this was like the transition period too, right? Like, uh, I think the end of the Disney Renaissance is considered the Emperor's New Groove, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a big flop. Emperor's yeah, which is weird because uh, this is not Emperor's New Groove cast, but um, yeah. Kyle, I don't know if you saw, I, I shared a link on, I think it was Twitter and Facebook a few weeks ago, just about the backstory behind Ember's New Groove. And as good as that movie is, the story behind the making of it is incredibly fascinating. Like, really? they essentially made two full movies and then decided which one to go with. And <laughs> they went with they went with Ember's New Groove instead of a completely different one that had, like, Owen Wilson in it, and it, had, it was a musical. And wow. Sting wrote all the music for it. Yeah, it was, like, this whole thing. Seriously, did, did, Nick, did they like make a documentary about this? Like, how did, you, or was that like an article you? So, so here's the other thing: there is a documentary about it because the way they got Sting to sign on, because this was after Phil Collins did Tarzan and Elton John did The Lion King, so they got Sting to sign on, 
And his wife was like getting really into making documentaries at the time. They said, sweet, you sign on, uh, your wife can make a documentary about this. So she started making this documentary and there was like this really labored production and they almost got shut down at one point. And like I said, they essentially like, they fired like half the people and had to make a whole other movie. So then she came out with this um, documentary. I think I think she showed it at Con uh, one year or something, and people loved it. But it like embarrassed the Disney Studios, so it just does like you cannot find the documentary. Like every now and then, it'll show up like on like uh, like some sort of uh, BitTorrent site or something, and you can like download parts of it, and you can hear like some of the songs they recorded, but. Yeah, it's it's called the sweat box is the documentary and the documentary like the whole story behind it is like incredibly fascinating. If you get a chance, just Google it. Um, yeah, originally the movie was called uh, The Kingdom of the Sun. It had a whole different backstory. It was about uh, Incan mythology and yeah, and like I said, Owen really? Wilson was in it, and it was like a Prince and the Pauper story. Like Owen Wilson and David Spade trade places, and yeah, it's it's crazy. That's out of control, man. I never even yeah knew that yeah if you get a chance google it anyways back to uh atlantis trivia um so the technique i I, a few of you mentioned i think how like the it was like a blend of cgi and animation that technique they actually invented for tarzan that's called deep canvas and they actually won a special oscar for it that year with tarzan Mm -hmm. because it was a huge technological achievement but it was a way that the computer animated a background and you were able to put hand-drawn animation into it and the computer would remember where your character is relative to the computer animation behind it, and it would, Whoop. you know, move with it. I and they, they developed it specifically. Yeah, we awesome. had a technical issue. Zach looks like he dropped out, so Uh-oh. bear with us here. It's a little while. Keep you keep going, Nick. Keep, keep yeah, this keep is doing the trip. This yeah. is for the stream. I appreciate that. Um. So in an earlier version of the movie, and this is one of those things um, like we talked about, like the movie for as much as it is in it, it's actually relatively short. So, I mean, even now looking back at it, I can tell there's a lot of deleted scenes and um, there was initially a, diff- a completely different opening about a bunch of Vikings in Iceland finding the journal and coming across the journal. Like, oh, we're going to find Atlantis. And then the Leviathan like killed them. And then that was the opening of the movie. And they were like, Disney was like, maybe we should like show the Atlanteans instead, instead of like Vikings that we don't know anything about, and then we're not going to see ever again. Yeah, Yeah, have nothing to do with anything. But um, yeah, like there's a bunch of like really weird like threads that they initially had planned. They just never went anywhere. Like originally, Milo Thatch was supposed to be. I think his last name was supposed to be Milo Teach, and he was supposed to be descendant of Blackbeard for some reason. No clue why. Just an added character. Probably that yeah. adventure thing. They were trying to do more adventure stuff, so then they like Blackbeard, but it doesn't make any sense with the right story, really. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's one of the few Disney films that takes place in an actual specified year. Hmm. Hmm. Um, when the surface dwellers meet the Atlanteans, they address them in French, Spanish, Italian, Hebrew, German, Greek, Chinese, and Taiwanese. And Milo speaks to them in Atlantean, Latin, and French. When do you think, just to go back to the previous one, when do you think Lion King was set? That's a good, that's a good question. Dude. Well, there's be- actually, before there's mankind. some theories. There's some theories that, like, Disney movies are interconnected. Oh. 
like there's set, like in the 1800s or something. Yeah, I don't think they specify, but they there, there's one theory that um, have you guys seen Frozen? Yeah. Yes. So, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Frozen. I don't know who hasn't seen Frozen, but you know the part where their parents die or they get shipwrecked. Um, there's a fan theory out there that their parents are Tarzan's parents, hmm. and they get shipwrecked on in Africa. Oh, okay. And Anna, and Anna and Elsa are Tarzan's long lost sisters. Oh, another trivia. The um, this is you know. I know it doesn't have a whole lot of sub-action, but the sub-action it gives us is pretty solid sub-action, I would, I would argue. Um, it gives us an actual dive, dive, dive line, five degrees down bubble. And a little bit of trivia, this is one of my favorite pieces, so that those same exact lines, that voice, literally that recording, is from an old Disneyland ride. There's a submarine ride at Disneyland, and that was part of the opening sequence of the ride. You get on the ride, and they tell you, you know, to dive. And there's a lot of um, homages in this movie to the submarine ride in Disneyland and a lot of them to uh, 20,000 Leagues. Just the design of the subs and stuff like that. It's very, like, you know, steampunk. Uh, that's all I got. You want to you know, move on to our next segment? I think that probably makes some sense, yeah. I mean, I didn't see anything else that was huge. I think this was before the Oscars had... An animated um, section, so uh, yeah, no nominations so. that way, that that direction, and um, otherwise, yeah, nothing to uh, other than to say that. I mean, I guess that it was, it was kind of not. Was this one successful? This was successful, more successful than mm -hmm. Emperor's New Groove, right? Yeah, I don't think it was as, as successful as they wanted it to be. So it was like, I mean, it was supposed to be like the opening summer blockbuster, but I think the problem is they, you know, much like a lot of the reviews we've received. I don't think people knew what to expect. Right. You know, I think the people that went into it expecting a Disney musical weren't happy and who wanted to see a summer action blockbuster weren't going to a Disney animated movie. So, um, yeah, so I can go into my short section. I'll keep it short today. So little Phantom Zone. All right, let's nail it. Engage the Phantom. Engage the Phantom. Yeah, so um, this was, I, I would have actually been in a little spot of trouble if it hadn't been for our main bad guy, Rourke, played by James Gardner, who was in a previous submersion film, Up Periscope, uh, where he was the main character. And so um, I may have even used this to go through it. I doubt it, just because it seems like a pretty solid dead end. Most of the side actors are voice actors you know, through and through. They don't really have too many, you know, other movies other than their voice actors, other than, you know, you have Michael J. Fox at the top and then James Gardner and then some of the kind of notable voices like Jim Barney and stuff like that. I was going to say in a very, very early episode of Subversion, maybe even the first episode of Subversion, I make the joke that Beverly Hillbillies is a sub movie because at a certain point, uh, one of the characters orders a six foot sub Marine sandwich and uh, Jim Varney's in that movie. So that's kind of like an interesting Ooh, little, you could have, man. little trivia. Um, other than that, like uh, Ed Harris was not, I mean, uh, the only, I guess the only involvement really is that he is, it's notable that he is an advisor for Disney and he watches all the movies before it comes out. He was actually the one who made the decision on Emperor's New Groove on which one to go with. That was Ed Harris uh, in the room at the time. The only feedback for this one is uh, they had a they had a whole scene 
with the captain of the submarine, if you know what I mean, wink, wink. And he said, like, no go, don't have that for this one. Really? And they were like, really? I mean, even though, I mean, we have the mechanic, we have all the, we have fire, we have, you know, actually there was a wrench at one point, and he was like, that he was basically like, not that part of submarines. And they were like, okay, Harris, good to go. Not, not Disney, uh, not Disney approved, huh? No. Yeah, and the the only the la- very last thing I'm not even gonna do J archive this time. Gonna do nothing. Last thing is, does any did anyone else get the feeling that this could be a good plot for a Kyle type movie where you come home after a long day at that work, you're just like working away, toiling away, and there's a beautiful lady in your house who's basically like, come see my employer. You go there, and they're basically like, we found an ancient podcast. No one understands it. We have no idea what it means. Um, but it's about submarines, which seems confusing, and we need you to guide us uh, using it. And the, every, you know, in the in the thing, you're like listening to the podcast, deciphering all the different things. You're like, no, no, no. They're like, oh, we don't understand. Are we actually looking for a dick here? And you're like, no, no, no. It's it's actually like a hypothetical dick. It's like a it's like a symbolism. And they're like, what symbolism? And it's because you know all of the podcast uh, tropes that you're able to guide them to a treasure. What do you think? I think it would be excellent. Yes. Yeah. I don't know that many others would watch it. No, but probably not. I think that would be like my rise to stardom right there. That would. I'm gonna yeah. just jump in just because I'm restarting Audacity just yeah. to help you, Kyle. So, all right. I don't. I don't know what happened. Sorry, everybody. No, you're all right, man. You're back. You're good. So, it's, start, but it's weird. Like over. the only reason this is working is because I I'm on my VPN now. Like I what? could not. I could not get Discord to work until I started my VPN, so I have no idea why. Well, we are a extremely secure podcast. Our channel is got security to boot. It's unreal, so you got a VPN in. That's why we have so many technical I, issues. It, it's so weird. I don't know what's going on. All right. Sorry. And that's, don't worry. Yeah, that's it. That's, it. that's all I got for my segments. That's good yeah, stuff. That's um, I, we have a big segment coming up that's going to be really great, and so I didn't want to bog anybody down and talk about Atlantis or how it was found or how I know exactly where it is and how I know how to decode stuff and all that type of stuff and how I'm currently securing financing for getting my own submarine shaped like myself so that I can like plummet down because I have the body of a whale so that I can swim really well and all that type yeah. of stuff. So I did just want to talk about a news article that was sent to us by a fan we really appreciate it um on instagram i don't know i don't know if i have permission to use his name or not so i'm not going to do that but i just want to say thank you so much and this article is really great blew me away i didn't know this was going on so um the article uh is written by david Choi from february 11th 2011 on business insider Titled, UK Royal Navy is investigating a sailor who is alleged to have produced adult content on OnlyFans. So, this is some wild stuff. Over in the UK, there is a um, user on the site OnlyFans, which people aren't familiar. I think it's just amateur people (laughs) selling naked photos and videos of themselves doing things um artists kyle artists sorry not amateurs sorry i don't mean to disrespect nothing like that um so callie on OnlyFans is and i found i found the account you can't see anything because you got to pay and i'm 
not about to pay for any of this stuff. <laughs> but um, they were allegedly, a lot of these things were filmed at Her Majesty's Naval Base Clyde, the hub of England's submarines. And there is a lot of, like, based on the descriptions, things are extremely graphic. Um, apparently, I, it is. Uh, she put out this statement on her site. Says, recently just been ordered not to post or send reply to any messages at all while work is, their work investigation is conducted. Please enjoy the X-rated content that is already on the page, and hopefully we can post more soon. So... I don't know if there's anything on a sub, anything off a sub. If you can see a sub, I don't know. But um, do we have to review it if we can see some? Yeah, I guess if if we can do that, yeah. And people may be wondering where Alex is. We sent him undercover. He's in the video. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I know it's taking one it's, for the team, right? He is. He's, he's doing what he has to do. So if you're wondering who's in him, that's who it is. And this isn't the only person I found because, like, after this investigation has been going on, like, they pumped out another article. They're like, there's another British sailor doing it. So it's just, it's wild. They need to pay their sailors better. I guess, man. I guess. So that's, that's what's going on over in the UK. Things are getting a little rowdy. Uh, and they're, people are getting in trouble for it. I don't know. I don't know what kind of standards. Or like rules and regs they have in the Royal Navy that's allowed. I don't, I don't know if that's specifically covered. I have no idea. Like, could Ron Jeremy be a sailor? I don't know. Maybe. We hope. Is he in jail? What? Seriously, he's Man, in he's jail? He's on trial right now. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's been like what? hella accused oh, yeah. for all sorts of sexual assault. Oh. Great. Well, oh, we have a picture with that. Yeah, we man. have a picture like, with that guy. <laughs> like, like, like Bill Cosby levels. Yeah. Really? Well, I guess this yeah. should be surprising, Ooh. right? I mean, I shouldn't be like shocked. Ooh. Um. So I guess might want to burn that picture, Kyle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nobody look for that. Uh, take maybe, that out. Take that. Maybe we'll put that in the Discord desk, right? for the. Yeah, put that up there. <laughs> but um. Wow. Okay. Anyways, that's all I've got. Did not mean to like all of a sudden launch into Ron <laughs> Jeremy and. <laughs> Didn't know that was going on, so I'll transition real quick. With. Yeah, but before before we get crazy with the big with the big stuff, I know that's coming. Yeah, <laughs> tune in, stick around, fans, because it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get there, I got some questions, and I don't know if this is a new segment or not, but this is called Zach questions. And my first question, question is. <laughs> My first question is, is this movie exactly how Avatar is? Because I never saw it. <laughs> no. One in the same. So I had two, I had two polar opposite answers right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of it's similar but not, if you know what I mean. It's it's more similar than I would want to admit. Okay. Yeah. Cause I never saw Avatar, so dude, like the uh the shark yeah, jet ski yeah. thing is like that winged dragon thing he melt mends his ponytail with right it's been a really long time since i've seen no. avatar I can't no no 
Zach, you just you, you shouldn't watch it now. You should just wait until all six of them come out. And then you I was gonna say like all the yeah. other ones that they keep promising yeah. that are gonna no, come you out. Just wait video. until they come out. Yeah. It's like it's like Game of Thrones. You just don't <laughs> just I'm go not to gonna watch World. the series until all the books come out and I can read well. the series and then I can watch the TV show, right? Go to Disney World and see the Pandora section, it's fantastic. George George R. R. Martin says he's uh, close on uh, Winds of Winter. Yeah, yeah. he's done for years now. Yeah. Every, I'm also, he's, I'm he's also got the most, he's got like the most work. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the most work done on it in like years, he said. He's had a year of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, yeah. It's true. It should be done. Apparently yeah. there was something like if I don't have it done by 2020, people can come kill me or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did do he he said something like that like four years ago. And really? then it happened. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, think about it like the TV show's done, so he's not. Well, I guess they got House of the Dragon coming out, but like, and then COVID, whatever. I mean, you got nothing going on. Whatever, man. Oh, I don't know. I've never written a book. Maybe I'll just do it and try it. <laughs> <laughs> Zach has a couple more questions. Okay. Does this movie hold up? Just yes or no, people. Yes. I yeah, think yes. Sure. I mean, we're watching it, what, like 20 years later, and we're all saying it's decent enough? So, so what would it take for this movie not to hold up? Like, what this is two thousand one animated film. What would it take for this not to hold up? Um, even more, even more um, stuff that was a little off color. <laughs> the Jim Barney stuff. That, it was, yeah, about? Like some, some more mansplaining, some more Confederate jokes, maybe. Yeah, more <laughs> Confederate jokes for sure. Yeah, okay. not be good. Okay. It actually, had a pretty diverse cast. It did. Last Zach question. Is it okay to say the animated female character is gorgeous? Which one? Not Helga. Kita? Kita? Yeah. 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 Oh. Okay. What do you mean okay, dude? She's 8,000 years old, man. If I had a body so like okay? that today, like, my God. <laughs> you had a body like that? Yeah. Well, that'd be wild. We'd have... Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's make sure this make let's make sure this podcast holds up in five years. It won't. It's not going to be good. <laughs> okay, I'm good. That's no it. one's, that's no one's going to be question. able to listen to the end of it. Uh, <laughs> it's be, are we are long. we to our brand new special segment? We want to do it. We want to do it now. We want to do the big one. Nick's what else do we need? To, what else do we need to do before? Well, you got one. Zach we got facts Zach facts allegedly. Those are the facts. Yeah, we've got. We'll bring we'll bring up the the end with uh, my countdown and the Zach back. All right, get ready, gang. Hey, tune listeners. Get ready for the Submersion Dreamcast. Nick, can you please just tell us what is going on here? Sure. So the idea here is, you know, Disney has officially run out of ideas, so they're just making all their movies again in live action. However. Uh, my biggest problem with this is that they're making the good ones again. Like no one, no one thought the remake of Lion King was going to be better than the original Lion King. Like no, no one thought that was even possible. So what I think Disney needs to do is they need to go back and remake the movies that didn't do well and didn't have a huge following, much like Atlantis. And I think Atlantis is a good candidate for that because, like you said, Brom, it has a very diverse cast. You know, I think it's. Uh, this movie would be better in live action in a lot of ways. It would be expensive, especially with the enormous cast. But um, so my thought for, for this activity is we all 
cast recast some of these main characters in a hypothetical upcoming Disney live action remake of Atlantis the Lost Empire. I'm very excited for this. Uh, spoiler, listeners, you can't see this, but this is the first time I made a PowerPoint in like 10 years. So it <laughs> took me way longer than I ever thought. I was just like, my God, I haven't made one of these in school. Um, but if you are listening unreal. and want to see it, you can watch this on Twitch or YouTube, correct? Yes, you can. Thank you, Brom. Uh, I always forget to let people know that they can find us there. Uh, Twitch TV, <laughs> Mackie Studios. Mackie Studios on YouTube. If you're ever looking for this, MackieStudios.com. You know where to find us. Nick, we're going to get all your stuff. If you want to plug anything, whatever. Stuff right, the rails. I got, I got the crabs. You're in Maryland. We can do that, too. So I didn't mean to just say where you're at. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> There's more than one person named Nick in Maryland. So. I'm just Look at your address at. <laughs> yeah. You want to send Nick fan mail? Yeah, okay. Uh, so let's get into this. <laughs> one of only seven Nicks in Maryland. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, what have I done? Um, all right. So the first character we are recasting here is Milo Thatch, originally voiced by Michael J. Fox. And I've got these going in the same order that we're going to go the whole time. So it'll go Nick, Nick, because you're the special guest, and then it'll go on alphabetical order. I'm sure Brahm is going to lay into me about my names not all being in the same line or whatever, but I'm not, I'm not the graphic guy you are, so I apologize in advance. So right. if you guys want to explain why you made your pick, you can do that. Or we also probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot. We can also talk at the end yeah. and see like who the heck is the submersions dreamcast based on who we're picking here today. So I would Nick. say we should probably just right now just say we 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 thumbs up and thumbs down other people's selections. All right, here we go. Nick For Milo I cast Ooh, Timothy Calamet. Chalamet, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Chalamet, I'm sorry, I've literally never heard his last name pronounced. There you go. I, I considered him as well. I'll give you a thumbs up. Michael Sarah was a close second. Ooh. Yep. Considered him That's too. That's a good one. I didn't even think of these guys. I haven't seen Timothy Chalamet in anything, so I have no idea. So he's good. I'll give you. Very I'll good. give you the middle of the road uh, gladiator reference there I mentioned earlier. So, uh, all right, Brom, you cast Neil Patrick Harris. Hmm. Too old. Ooh. He is a little old. I didn't know this was a live action re I thought we were recasting voice actors. So. Nope, this is live. Uh, I did too. It's all right. <laughs> Just wait yeah. till you see my yeah. I, I, I blame Kyle, as always. You can blame me. It's fine. So, I love NPH, but I agree. I think he's too old for what we're doing here. Although, I mean, granted, if Keith is 8,000 years old, maybe it's not so bad if NPH is 40, whatever. I don't know, but... Uh, Jamie, on to you. For Milo Thatch, you said Chris Klein. Yep, obviously. Uh, so I think it goes without saying. But Chris Klein, greatest actor of our generation, and uh, still alive, which was key to being cast as well. So. Okay. Well, thumbs very down. Good. Thumbs, two thumbs up. I want to see him in something more than American Pie. I want to see more Chris uh, Pie. He's been in more than just American Pie. Yeah. Come on. Jamie references like his movies. He's also in... Uh, Here on Earth. And he was, uh, he was he's in We Were Soldiers. He's in Wilfred, the show with oh, Elijah Wood. Oh, he was Wood. in We Were Soldiers. Yeah, yeah, he was the lieutenant. 
Well, you're right. All right. I cast <laughs> Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Ooh. That's a good choice. As well. That's a good choice. Yeah. Beautiful just, man. Yeah, so that's I was I considered like, everybody named so far except Chris Clyde. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wild card. <laughs> Garfield's good because he has like the kind of ambiguous age. He's you know a man child. Yes, yes. And I thought of him in like Hacksaw Ridge. I was like, oh yeah, he looks like he could be a young guy and do this type of stuff. <laughs> Along uh, similar lines, I also consider Tom Holland. Oh, yeah. He couldn't. He could work too. Zach. You said Prince Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? He's not gonna, you know, he's moving. He's 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 going against the you know against the grain, and he could do it. He could do it. I think he could. absolutely. Yeah, I think he'd be good. All right, uh, on to the next. Uh, Commander Rourke, as voiced by James Garner. Uh, Nick, you went with Bruce Willis. I don't think he does enough these days. I think I, Bruce Willis needs to get back into action movies. Uh, I agree. I think he'd be good. Uh, Brom, you went with it. And I really liked your pick here. I was, I was like, man, how did I even consider him? Patrick Warburton. <laughs> I mean, he's already got some. He's already got some Disney credentials. He was crawling in uh, Empire's yeah. New Brew. And if you look at that picture that I have with the picture of Commander Rourke, it's like, yeah, I could definitely good. see those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, you went with Neil McDonough. Ah, icy blue eyes. He's got the eyes like a like a husky dog. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never never heard that before. But yeah, he does have the eyes like a husky. So. Yeah. Good boy, good boy. <laughs> I went with the legend, Ed Harris. Mm, Ooh, come on, seemed, man! Seemed too that easy. was my that was my second place, but it, yeah, it seemed a little easy. Yeah, yeah that isn't easy. It seemed like pandering. Yeah, I, I based on our show, I had to do it. I was literally shocked that I didn't see this name anywhere else. But uh, Zach, you went with. Boom! Tim Allen. Yes. <laughs> That's the guy. <laughs> there you go. So who do That'd you guys be really interesting as a villain. You got Tim <laughs> Allen and Prince Harry. <laughs> Come on, this is going to turn out to be the best movie ever. Now, yeah. like this is. This I would imagine be, Tim Allen. I would be so much money for a movie with Tim it's Allen, looking, Chris Klein, and Prince Harry. It's looking pretty good. <laughs> Uh, all right, on to the next one. Kia, yes, voiced by Cree Summer. Uh, Nick, you went with Zoe Kravitz. And I said, as a bonus, uh, you can get Lenny Kravitz to play the king. That would be legit, yeah. dude. If he picked up a guitar yeah. and was like just shredding it when they rolled up. Exactly. When uh, Tim Allen rolls up and he's got a gun and Lenny's <laughs> just. <laughs> Tim, Tim Allen sucker punches Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. All right, Brom, you went with Rosario Dawson. Shoes on my short choice. Uh, Jamie, you went with Jessica Beale. 
A little Jessica Biel action Ooh, on there. Whitewashing us, Jamie. It is a little whitewashing. I agree with that. Uh, although, yeah, I guess I kind of cast this before I watched the movie, so I wasn't really sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then if we're looking for an 8,000-year-old stunner, I went with Scarlett Johansson. And Zach... Zach is going to break from form with the rest of us. And Keita will be Danny nice. <laughs> Danny Trejo. <laughs> Not even trying. You try, man. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's going that's to change the tone of the whole movie <laughs> when Tim Allen's the bad guy, Danny Trejo's. Good princess. <laughs> Princess. <laughs> I was putting these slides together. Man. <laughs> okay, on to the next one. Oh, Vinny, as voiced by Don Novello. Uh, Nick, you went with Ray Romano. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a big Ray Romano fan. Can't even lie, dude. Everybody's got to have their fans, man. You like Ray Romano. I apologize. I'm crying, man. I apologize. I can't handle <laughs> Danny Trejo. Um, I, I love the Ray Romano. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I love the Ray Romano. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brom, 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 I really like your pick here. Jean Reno. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's a good choice. Godzilla. Thank you. Uh, Jamie, you went with Sly Stallone. I hope you like that picture. I found that one just for you. It's really good. It's the same pose. So Exactly. Pretty good. Uh, And here, I thought I was going to see a couple duplicates on my guy, Peter Stormier. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. Got the same kind of mustache in that picture right there. And then Zach... Changing the game one character at a time. I'm so excited. He's not not, not too (laughs) wild, but you've got a couple more wild picks coming your way. So he he can honestly, David could do any role in this movie. That's true. You could insert him anywhere. Vinny did just kind of like mumble and whisper his lines. So yeah. On to the next character, Doctor Sweet, as voiced by Phil Morris. Nick, you decided to go with this just absolute smoking hot picture of Michael B. Jordan. Mm. Yeah. Good pick, too. Thanks. Took me a while to find that one. So <laughs> You didn't have uh, that saved, Kyle? <laughs> no. Well, it's hanging in my wall. But um, You didn't you didn't just screenshot your, your desktop wallpaper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Brom, you went with Idris, Idris Elba. Elba. Jamie went with Terry Crews. Oh, Terry Crews. That's a good choice. That's yeah. a great choice. Of white chick's fame. <laughs> I went with The Rock. Yep. He was on my short list as well. He's yep. got the same build, you know. And Zach, you went with. Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just totally changing the game. 
<laughs> Can you imagine if you're waiting for a doctor and Seth Rogen walks in? Oh my god! Man. You'd be like, what? <laughs> like, dude, you want to hit this right now? This blunt? I'm like, <laughs> what is? I can this? see Seth Rogen in every scene of this movie. <laughs> It'd be really good. I'm surprised we haven't duplicated anybody yet. I mean, other than Zach. Uh, we've got a few people coming up. Uh, next character, Helga Sinclair, as voiced by Claudia Christian. Nick, you went with? I'm pretty proud of this one. Blake Lively. Mm. When I saw yeah, that that's picture, actually really good. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a really good pick. Brom, you went with Mia Djokovic. Mm. I consider her. <laughs> Another I good choice. For him. Jamie, you went with? Kate Hudson. So my theme, my theme is bad movies. She's been in a lot of them, so she doesn't okay. necessarily. I, I gotta say, Blake Lively. I'm a little jealous of that pick because that that makes some sense too. I mean, look at them; they, they look sense. very similar. Uh, I went with an absolute killer, Charlize Theron. She could play that. That is a killer. That's, that's a good that's role. That's, that's a, a killer role. choice, Kyle. That's a good one. Uh, and Love Zach, me. again, turning the game on its head. Helga played by Zach Efron. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. Boom. That's good. I'm jealous of that one. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I did think about not not this character, but I did think about switching, you know, switching some genders around and, and some recasting. This is not this is not my choice for that, but I admire it. Uh when Zach sent his picks in, it reminded me of uh, Zach and Miri with Justin Long, where he's like, it's an all, it's a, a reimagining with all male cast. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what, what? We got, that's what we got going on here. Uh, Audrey. So Audrey is voiced by Jacqueline Obradors. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Nick went with Isabel Monaire. Is that the, the right Dora. person? That's the only person. That's the only thing I could find where it was like Dora the Explorer. That's the right person, right? Yeah, that's what, that was like her biggest movie. She was the, she was like in the live action remake of Dora. She was in the movie Instant Family with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Okay. She's yeah. been in a few things. Okay. Oh, she she was in the last Transformers. That's what it was. She was in Transformers with, uh, uh, also with Marky Mark. Oh, really? Okay. I don't remember her in there. For live that action, one also that one has a submarine in it. That's a submarine movie, right? Oh, the last night I haven't seen that. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't remember. Last night's a submarine movie. All right, Brom. For the teenager, you elected <laughs> Eva Mendes. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Solid pick. Hey, act <laughs> actors do this all the time, where they're like, they're like. 20 and they play a 13 year old they can like cgi her face like in the irishman mm, yeah he just yeah. there's like a yep. seems like a good use of the budget <laughs> yeah they'll do that Making uh even mendez look like a 13 year old yeah <laughs> uh, jamie you uh, picked selena gomez yeah getaway fame uh, i went ahead with my pick Maisie Williams of Game of Thrones fame. <clears throat> All right. That's a good choice. And Zach again. Flip. Jonah Hill. <laughs> Here we go. Yes. 
So <laughs> Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen. Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, Prince Harry, Tim Allen. Like, dude, this is just, this is an incredible game. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Yeah. yeah. Unreal. All right. Miss Packard. All right. As voiced by Florence Stanley. Nick, you went with Wanda Sykes. Ooh, I like that. A little more, a little more diversity. And I just, I can just imagine Wanda yelling at everybody. Yeah. Dude, and Miss Packard had some great lines. Like, we're all going to die down here anyway. Yeah. You know, however, she said it, like smoking like a whole pack a day. There's another. There's another good line too, where she's talking to her friend on the phone. And she goes, "He took his suitcase, Marsh, honey. I don't think he's coming back." Yeah. <laughs> Brom, you went with Catherine Janeway. I don't yep. watch much Star Trek, so I was like, I hope I'm grabbing the right picture here. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more a la, like, uh, Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. She's good in that. Yes. Yeah, she's much older now, too. She yes. kind of fits, fits the role. Jamie, you went with... Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi. Oh, Whoopi. That's a good choice, too. Distinctive voice. Yeah. Yeah, Amber's. She is. You're right. And I think I like. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I got you guys like beat on this pick. My pick is. I love it, and I'm just gonna show it to you. You're not gonna remember the name. You're not gonna know the name, but Sandy Martin or Max Mom from It's Always Sunny in Philly. <laughs> Oh, uh, I that's a good choice. Yes, I was I like, that's a good choice. This is the one. She's that's one of my an favorite awesome side pick, character. Kyle. That's a good pick. And great but, picture too. I, I, that was like the only picture I could find where she was by herself. She's got the bow on the the cigarette in the hand. Um, she is that, like never out of character. If you watch the bloopers, they are so funny when she's like involved in a blooper because she's just like railing on the cast like every scene like ad-libbing and they are always just dying laughing and she's just stone-faced it's so funny <laughs> dude she's amazing and uh zach again with the pick jim carrey yes <laughs> put some makeup on him a mask he'll do it yeah dude just put him as the grinch and uh and this <laughs> We yeah. got the Grinch answering phones over here. Like, what? What's going on? <laughs> uh, next, Mr. Whitmore, voiced by John Mahoney. Nick, you picked Christopher Walken. Hell of a I just, guy. I just imagine him being a weird rich guy. I will say, though, a number, close second to on my list, though, was Jeff Goldblum. Is it? Oh. Uh-oh. Uh oh, spaghettios. <laughs> All right. Brom, you went with Christopher Lloyd. Oh, that's a good choice, too. Let's make an eccentric rich man. Jamie, you went with John Travolta. I really like that pick. <laughs> Obviously, in current day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, that's the one. That's a good one. Uh, when Nick sent me his picks, I was. Happily pleased to see that I had also gone with Christopher Walken. And Zach. Picture. You went 
with Nick second. Jeff Goldblum. Wow. Yep. That's a good choice. Yep. Yeah. I wish I had gone with that one now, actually. I'm having a little regret. Dude, Jeff Goldblum would be really good at it, honestly. Oh. Put him in every movie that's ever been yep. made. You know who else would be good? My, my third choice. This is the only one I have a third choice for, but Jeff Bridges. Oh, yeah. Ooh. He would be good. Just imagine the, just as the dude. As the dude. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be John really good. John Lithgow was my backup. Oh, oh, that's a good choice, good too. too. Cookie as voiced by Jim Varney. Or Ernest, as many of us know him. What Nick. a picture! Yeah, I know right. that hair. Wow, dude, I couldn't find the pictures of like Ernest, so I was like, "Well, here's look at this one. Here we go." See, I, I Kyle, I guess I don't understand what you mean because you just Google Ernest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand how that could be possible. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I wasn't trying that hard. It was after bowling, and I was like, "All right, I'm getting tired here." Here's Jim Barney. Uh, all right, Nick, you went with Matthew McConaughey. This might be my favorite. This might be my favorite pick of all, if I'm being honest. This is a good one. I think I believe I have a pretty similar pick, but you'll see when I get to see uh, it. Brahm's pick was actually mentioned earlier in the episode tonight. Pretty amazing that that worked out. Blake Clark. Mm. I didn't realize who that was until I saw the picture, but. You um. know. Sean's dad, yeah. and yeah. Uh, he's got the perfect voice. Yeah, yep. yep. that's what I thought it was, and then when I saw it was, I'm like, oh, easy. Well, he's isn't he the one that took over for Slink in Toy Story after Jim Barney died? He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah like about. that's yeah. they're like best friends or that's whatever. Perfect. Like that's <laughs> Jamie. You went with Rob Schneider. See, it's a, oh. this picture doesn't make any sense. You got to go with the, the later. <laughs> You picked the Home Alone 2 picture? Yeah, I did. Gotta push it. <laughs> Dude, I was just looking for the like pictures where people look their best, all right? I was like, whatever, Home Alone 2, here we go, whatever. It's like a different person. Yeah, it honestly does. I can't even remember off the top of my head. I went with Don Knotts, flipping the character on his head. Wanted a little bit of Don in my life. Uh, Limpet, as we all know him. And then Zach... The late great Ian Holmes. Holmes. Quite a uh, break from form for his normal characters, but uh, I'd like to see him do some stuff. He could have done it. (laughs) And Mole, as voiced by Corey Burton. Nick, you went with Charlie Day. Ooh, great, great choice. (laughs) That's a good choice. I feel like he could play a guy that I don't want to know anything about him. Very true. Yeah, very true. Uh, Brom, you went with Andy Circus, aka Gollum, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Man, that's I, like that. I do like that one because it, it makes sense for him to be a little motion capture. Oh, yeah. A little mocap guy. Jamie, you went with Danny DeVito. <laughs> that's good. And I was also shocked that nobody else picked him, but I also went with Danny DeVito. There we go. Nice. And Zach, last but not least, Tom Cruise. (laughs) Hey, Tropic Thunder, that's all I'm saying. He can do it. He can do anything. That guy can do anything, all right? Jack Black was my second from all. Oh, Oh, that'd be good. That'd be a really. I'm not sure he would take the role, but I think he would. You know, 
Hey, just saying, one of our viewers just said they would pay to go see my all male live action. <laughs> wow. So, right. Like Glenn Gary, Tom Ross. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the breakdown of all we've got. So Zach, Zach, who's the, is the only glowing endorsement that anyone would go pay to see. We have Prince Harry as Milo, Tim Allen as Rourke, Danny Trejo as Keita, David Duchovny as Vinny, Seth Rogen as Dr. Sweet, Zach Efron as Helga, Jonah Hill as Audrey, Jim Carrey as Packard, Jeff Goldblum as Whitmore, Ian Holmes as Cookie, and Tom Cruise as Mole. So. I, would, I would pay a lot of money to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, so... There it is. That's our Dreamcast. Um, not to be confused with the Sega Dreamcast, but who we hope and pray that we can get into these movies. So Amazing. One day. One day. We can do it. We can do it. All right. We've, All been, right. we've been going at this for a while. You, you guys said you got something to close this out. Brom? Keep, keep it going. Yep. Brom? Countdown time. You got anything for us? You bet it. Give it to me. Two, three, Two, ready, three to ready to fire, sir. Come on. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. Should we hear something right now? Give it to me. Yeah, I heard it. Dude, I didn't hear anything. Get on okay. my level, man. You should hear it. All I heard, I heard all night was that dog running around. No, I heard the music. It's good. We're good. All right, countdown. Keeping it move, moving here. Fat, quick clip. I'm counting down the top 10 Disney animated films of all time. And to do this, because I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes and things like that, because you've got so many old animated films and they don't get proper critic ratings and things like that. I found seven different sources with uh, animated Disney film list, top 10s. Um, and I gave them, uh, I created a scoring system. If they ranked a film, uh, 7th through 10th, I gave it a point. 4 through 6, I gave it 2 points. 2nd or 3rd, I gave it 3 points. And if it was their number 1, I gave it 4 points. I collected this, uh, from the top 10 list, or top 25 list in some cases, of, uh, IGN, Watch Mojo, Miss Mojo, IndieWire, Good Housekeeping, Games Radar, and The National. All right. So combining their scores, uh, coming in at 10th place, the 10th best Disney animated film of all time. No Pixar film. Pixar is a rule stipulation I had here. Um, number 10 is Cinderella, scoring five points. Okay. So Yo, that's actually, old, right? Isn't that like the yeah, 40s? It's one of their older ones. It's yeah, it's 40, the 50s, the 40s, I think. But, 50s. Yeah. Okay. Um, but actually only appeared on two of the top 10 list of the of the seven that I looked at. Uh, <laughs> but Cinderella coming with five points. Then tied at nine and, and then takes up eighth spot respectively as well. But tied here, uh, scoring six points, are Moana and Fantasia. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Moana's newer, right? Moana mm -hmm. is newer, yeah. Okay, I've not it's seen it. It's a good either. movie. I liked it. Uh, it might actually be the newest on the list here. Uh, number seven is Alice in Wonderland with seven points. Is that the Johnny Depp one? Yes. No. Disney animated, original animation. Yeah. Um, number six with eight points 
very highly regarded for uh, being a uh, game changer in animation is Pinocchio. Oh, oh man, that movie animated storytelling. Pinocchio is a crazy freaking animated movie. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're listening to this right now and you haven't seen this, if you haven't seen like <laughs> that in 20 years, go back and watch Pinocchio because there's some scenes in that movie that are just like, what the? Yeah, <laughs> am I watching? It is, and it's really? also it's considered from a technical standpoint like the most perfect Disney film. Like they say, it's really? like the, like animation wise, it's perfect. Yeah, it's it's taught like in like animation school. Yeah, really, I see. I yeah. didn't know that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number five with nine points is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Okay. Uh, The original. This is the first of the ones we've named here that had a number one overall listing. It it, uh, was Watch Mojo's number one. (laughs) Uh, Number four with 11 points is The Little Mermaid. Okay. Number three, this is the first one on the list to appear on all seven top ten lists. Lion King. 13 points. It's Aladdin. Aladdin. My personal favorite. It's a good one. And then we have a huge jump to two movies that were in a dead heat until the very end here, scoring 21 points and 25 points. Wow. Huge jump here. Number two with 21 points is Beauty and the Beast. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, it's the, the first anime movie to ever be nominated for Best Picture. I think it wow. won. It did not win. It did not win? Not Best Picture, no. Uh, okay. Uh, Jamie, Jamie knew that pump, immediately. Okay. He's like, pump your brakes, bro. He's very confident. If he was wishy-washy no. at all, I was going to overrule him. <laughs> I, I, but that no, means... I, yeah. <laughs> Number one with 25 points just blew the others out of the water. It's the Lion King. Yeah. Sounds better. Came in uh, first place on four of the seven list and second place on the remaining three. I remember crying to that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Lion King's I mean, another I, one that, like, the production behind it is just as interesting as the movie because they were making it at the same time as they're making Pocahontas. And everyone thought Pocahontas was going to be the next big thing, and no one wanted to work on Lion King. And people left Lion King to work on Pocahontas. And the and oh hi, and then that's uh, crazy. Yeah, Dog. see, like Lion King, like that. I, I want to know, Nick, like cause, just because you have a you know you have a, a vast depth of knowledge of this stuff. That's what I'm here for. What's your opinion on the Lion King and? how oh, I can't think of the name of it, but the Japanese or Chinese movie, like So and So, the White Tiger. Oh yeah, whatever. Kimba, Kimba, the White Lion. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your What are your thoughts on that? I mean, there are some there's some coincidences that are hard to explain away. Like there's like shots that are like exact. Yeah, but like Disney definitely like scene for scene, like it yeah. literally looks exactly like it. Yeah, but like the storyline of the Lion King is different. Um, the storyline is based on Hamlet, so. That's my opinion. It's different enough. I'm satisfied. <laughs> you, did your part. You. you did your part, Nick. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, it always gets, it cracks me up because when you look up those pictures, you're like, holy shit. Like it's <laughs> some of those shots. I mean, it's the same exact drawing. Like it just, right. it just is. Like the shape <laughs> of Pride Rock and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So which one yeah. came out first? The 
Kimba, Kimba right? It's, yeah, it's an Kimba. anime. It's an anime from like 1964 or something. Like it's like there's no excuse. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Like, it was the whole yeah. thing. Like they tried suing Disney and all this stuff. Like it was a whole thing. Well, they actually said they interviewed Matthew Broderick about it, and he said when he signed up for Lion King, he thought it was a remake of the Japanese movie. He was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Yeah, I've seen that movie. This is a remake of it." And they're like, "No, it's not." And he was like, "What?" Yeah, Dude, not- I love that Matthew Broderick's doing the. But- <laughs> Like you just blew everyone's cover. Yeah, like, oh my god, what did you do? No. What? No, what? No. Wow. Is this a remake? (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh my gosh. Oh my god. Is that it, Kyle? I wasn't me doing that. That was that was Brom doing that. No, I just Oh, you want you want your theme song? You want your new theme song, your old theme song? I'm just kidding. You're Both. All right, Zach. It played. What? You're up. About it. Okay, I didn't hear it. I'm good. I'm sorry. All right, Zach Facts this week. Um, Crowdsourced. <laughs> crowdsourced fan fan sourced crowdsourced i'm your biggest fan yeah i was gonna say and, what, what do you think about that brom <laughs> and no 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 they're not all from brom oh, okay. or someone else there is some that's from others that gives a just listen all right zach facts fact number one Dr. Sweet's voice actor, Phil Morris, spent four hours in a hospital gift shop to prepare for his role in this film. In the gift shop. How do doctors act that walk through here? Big, macho. (laughs) Fact number two, the design for the ruined version of Atlantis was based on West Baltimore. <laughs> wow. Throwing some shade at our guests. Huh? <laughs> I didn't know he was from Baltimore. <sighs> Fact number three. <laughs> Disney bought the rights to the character Helga from a hentai company that debuted her as a kinky assassin with a pinch penchant for slaying dong. <laughs> but when Walt Disney's grandson discovered her on a lonely Friday night, he said, we got to get her. <laughs> Sitting there reading that and Brom has to help me through it. These have all been mine so far. (laughs) Fact number four. Much like his character Milo, Michael J. Fox attempted to find the real Atlantis in the 80s. But... Stepped on a rusted harpoon off the coast of Iceland and contracted Parkinson's disease. Wow. So that's how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
And fact number five for the night of this two-hour-plus episode. When casting the movie, the directors wanted to cast a live mole for the character <laughs> mole. Now that would be maybe even better than Danny DeVito. I don't know. <laughs> that was Carly's. That was Carly's. Really? That's a good one. <laughs> wow. There it is. That's it. That's the exact facts. Mm-hmm. They were good. Did oh. you do any of those? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Why am I even here, guys? Why am I even here? <laughs> the delivery. That's what it is. <laughs> wow. All right. Is this the longest we've ever gone? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I apologize. I knew it was going to be over two hours. Dude, we knew it was going to be long, but man, we are, whew, we're getting there. With that, I don't know. We might just have to sign off. Dan, thanks for having me. Nick, anything Thank before you. we leave, anything you want to plug, anything like that, we're to follow mm -hmm. you? Absolutely no. not. I'm good. Thank you. Okay. All right. <laughs> he doesn't want any part of this. There's a smash button. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceastudios at gmail.com. 